Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Smack him a gob. It is me, Podcast King Ralph with... Oh, yeah! Wadzilla, baby. What's going on, Ralph? That's Podcast King Wadzilla. <laughs> yes, you are correct, sire. Yeah, that's Very right. Good. You know, I made a video calling us the Podcast Kings, and then we actually became yes. the Podcast King through a vote. Yes. Yeah, we're, true. we're fucking awesome. <laughs> we are and, the best, sir. Yes, rock and rock store. And Ian, we have a guest, don't we? Yes, we do. A very special guest. This guy, he's a sneaky little fuck. He got uh, he got in way after all the donations were done and everything. But my dumbass left the donation thing up. But he got in there. You're the last one, Jeff. You're the last one. We got Jeff, the king of beers, with us from Michigan. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love this dude. He's too happy. Right on. Jeff, uh, may I ask, how old are you? Um, I'm 30. I'm 30. Oh, 30. Wow. Okay. You have a very youthful appearance in uh, your profile. You're yeah, cool. yeah, you know. I do. <laughs> I do have that, don't I? Yeah, and a very youthful voice. <laughs> yeah. And well, maybe, awesome, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeff, Jeff, if you don't mind. Uh, can you give me your number in case I feel suicidal one day? I can call you up and then you get all happy again. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I almost <laughs> gave it to you too. And, I, <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, I probably shouldn't say my number because everybody would hear it. Well, no, no, don't say it here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I was never, like. I almost just like said it too. Like I was like, oh no, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, and then I was like, it. whoa, I better not do that. Nah, uh, don't say it here. You don't want to get a call from Mark Allen Taylor. Yeah! No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, God. Well, we're so happy to have you, Jeff. Uh, but we got to say real quick, speaking of Mark Allen Taylor, who's I called M-A-T, uh, he's in the fucking hospital. That's uh, crazy, man. What happened to him? Well, I don't... I don't... I have my theories. I have my theories, okay? The, the man's diabetic uh, that I just learned at Rock and Pod. He drinks a lot, uh, especially of whiskey. Um, and he has AIDS. So I, I don't know what exactly wow. you know. What oh man, is he okay? Thing. Well, the thing is that when you're diabetic you shouldn't drink whiskey. I think it's even worse if you snort whiskey while you're diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing, you know, he's on uh, like... Uh, some kind of like hormones and shit like that. I, I know he's transitioning, and he was surrounded by a lot of testosterone at Rock and Pop, uh, and I think that might have counteracted uh, counteracted with the medication he was taking. And uh, I don't know. So I think he's in the hospital trying to get an addictomy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there is a GoFundMe, and I'm, I'm very serious about this. Uh, there is a GoFundMe page for Mark. He's having trouble with his uh, medical bills. And if anybody can help out, uh, you know, 
We don't want this guy dead, you know. Uh, no, yet. We, we love you know? him. We, we goof on the guy, but we don't want him. We, we want him out of that hospital, man. So yeah, can, we want him. He can continue bringing cheer to the world with Freeform Podcast. Yeah, and plus we want to put the Rock and Pod house in his name. At the next uh, Rock and Pod. Very important part. Yeah, yeah. Very important part. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, are you going to come to Rock and Pod next year and hang out with us? Um, we missed you this year. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty far away from where I'm at, but they did have that Keel Fest. And if they do it and they have Ron Keel's fair game play, I might show up. Oh, look at that. Oh. Because I'm a bi- I'm a huge fair game fan. Listen to that, Ian. I'm a big I'm a big Keel fan, and I never even heard of Fair Game. What is that? Um, have you ever <laughs> seen a movie called Bad Channels? No. I I know of it. Blue Oyster um, soundtrack. Yeah, there's a band in it, and it's Ron Keel's Fair Game. It, all his backing band is like these hot chicks and it's just ron keel oh i remember that yeah yeah i never and heard it, that. it was pretty cool wasn't it well i never heard them but i do remember he was in a band with a bunch of chicks yeah yeah was... yeah we, we saw that on stage no they wouldn't allow girls at that show <laughs> uh awesome well you could be you could be our person to go to keel fest three and and right back to us because we're not going you, you can no 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 <laughs> Yeah, we'll be at the hotel. Just get back to us how it is. <laughs> uh, where are you at in Michigan? In Lansing, Michigan, home oh, of okay. Steven Seagal. Oh, well, I wouldn't make that possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, you got it. Rocket pot, man. You got to go there. I'm telling everybody, next year we're getting a house. You get to stay with us. I mean, don't miss it. And we, we need somebody like you around, Jeff. Because, you know, a lot of shit goes on that weekend, and it's easy to get burned out and to get, like, stressed out. And I don't think that would happen if you were there, Jeff. I think you'd keep everybody, like, focused and ready for the party. We need, yeah. A, yeah. We need to hang out with somebody that says, yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I, I, I'm already envisioning a, a t-shirt. Our next, if, you, if people keep buying these t-shirts, we're going to get a Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Jeff Beers t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it, man. Look, at you got a catchphrase already, brother. I dig it. Yeah. Dig yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, man, a lot of news happened this week besides Mark Allen Taylor's AIDS flare-up. Um... Holy shit, might as well talk about it right off the bat. The biggest was the puss-out of Ace Fraley. What do you think about that, Rob? Oh, what a pussy. I, you know, that whole thing when he's like, you know, God-fearing people told me not to stoop to their level. And what does he do after that? Talk about how they paid off Rachel Gordon $20,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I mean, look. Do I think he has dirt on Gene and Paul? Yeah, he probably does. He probably does. And I think what happened was last week, you know, after a while of him hearing Paul talk about they should be called pissed, he didn't say it right away. You know, it it took him later on in the show. And then he goes, you know what? I challenge Paul to apologize 
And I think he said that spur of the moment. You know, and I think he probably does have dirt on them. But yeah, after the show, they're like, dude, are you crazy? They got lawyers that, that, that are way richer than your lawyers. And they'll, they'll eat you alive in court. Don't say a fucking word. So he's like, eh, I don't want to stoop to that level. So God-fearing people told me not to. <laughs> no, dude. God-fearing lawyers told you not to. You know, I'm, you know yeah, it's, uh, it's a big... It, it, I was so disappointed. I was like, fuck, man. But he is Ace Frehley, and he wrote the best solo album, so I'll give him that. Well, I, I'll tell you, man. Holy shit, did he get some ratings for Eddie Trunk? Everybody, I even tuned into that. You know, and I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. You know, and then uh, I don't, a lot of people missed it because he left the show and then called back later in the show just to talk about the new album. And I think that's what really all this is about, is stirring up some controversy for the new album. Right. That he's writing with Steve Brown from Trickster. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and uh, I don't know, it, it sounds good, but it sounds like kind of a rehash too. Uh, he was talking about tracks on the new album. Uh, one of them's called Pussed Out. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Peddling Back Like a Baby. Uh, uh, fractured, fractured balls, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know, but it sounds, there's a, you said there's going to be a bonus track in Germany called I Hate Those Two Jews. That sounds kind of good. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, uh, Jeff Beers, what, what did you think about this? Were you disappointed that Ace Friendly didn't spill the beans? No, no, not at all. I was quite happy. Um, I have a Paul Stanley tattoo, and I was worried that he was gonna say something about him and like some younger ladies, and then I would have to take like a cheese grater or something to it. Um, so I'm quite happy he didn't say anything about Paul Stanley doing anything illegal. Um, so yeah, I was happy. I'm fine with it. Um, hey, Ian, yeah. Ian. Yeah. <laughs> did you know? Did you know back when 9/11 happened in 2011? Was it no 2001? Yeah, was 9/11. They asked Jeff Beers. They said, "What do you think of what happened today?" And he said, "I'm happy." <laughs> yeah, those boats were too tall. They blocked the sun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Jeff, the one thing you don't have to worry about is is Ace telling stories about Paul with young girls. You know. Some young boys, maybe, but not not young girls. I, I think you're safe. Your tattoo's safe there. Yeah. Right, look, get another tattoo with a rainbow; it'll match it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Paul's new uh, solo album called Namblum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it sucked. But I think everybody knew it. Everybody knew that there's no way he was gonna do that. I uh, didn't. I didn't think he was. To tell you the truth. I thought he was going to pull this shit. You know, I, I didn't know how he was going to get out of it, but I knew he was going to, he was not going to say anything. I just knew it. He should have said then, you know? Yeah. I, I think the worst part of it, man, is he really came across bad in, in those interviews, I think, too. I think, like, he really seemed shitty towards Peter, like some backhanded shit, you know, like, oh, I thought they meant Peter, not me. You know, yeah. and he always brags about how, oh, yeah, I got more than Peter. They wanted me more than Peter. He always 
like ne- never misses a chance to do that. So in a way, he's kind of just as bad as Paul and Gene. Yeah. And then he and then he just rambled on about all this fucking you know nonsense, and he just sounds like a fucking you know like a half senile old man. Which I mean, yeah, he's up there now, but yeah, he didn't he didn't do himself any favors. And I've heard as the years go by, I've heard more and more fucked up stories about Ace. And I'm kind of, you know, I never wanted to believe him because, you know, he was always, you know, one of my favorites. But uh, I, I really started to believe what what kind of person he truly is. Oh, he, he's you know? a piece of shit, but he's still my favorite yeah. member of Kiss. You see, yeah. you got to understand, too. And it's not just, not just Ace. you got to give this to Gene and Paul. They are surrounded by yes people. And anything they say, they, you know, they... You know, he's just got people around him kissing his ass. And and then all these famous musicians come out saying, oh, I picked up the guitar because of Ace Through. And Ace yeah. is hearing this, how influential he is, how amazing he is, and this and that. And then you have people like me, yeah, he's the best member of Kiss, and solo album rule. And you get enough of that. And you get an ego that's out of control. And Ace has always had that ego. And Paul and Gene do too. They Gene is Gene is from another planet though. Paul is more articulate. He knows what yeah. to say that he won't get sued for. And he's just but they all have yes people. They all have you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you gotta hand it to Peter, man. Peter's been quiet. Staying home, not saying a word. Yeah, you know, and uh I don't know. I, I had a thought. And I just lost it. But yeah, you're, you're spot on about Ace. I, and I've always said I think you know the solo albums were the worst thing to happen to that original lineup because I think Ace got an inflated sense of importance and and you know thinking he's better than he actually is. Because yeah, I mean, there's no denying that's a great album. You know, uh, but I, I mean, you know, look at by the time you get to fucking Unmasked. Okay, they give him three songs and they all suck. You know, look how long it took him to get his solo career going, and it wasn't all that. Let's be honest. Come on. Oh, uh, I, I liked it. Um, I, 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 I did. of course you did, Jeff. You know, <laughs> um, every every song he played, he's like, Jeff, you like this? Yeah. You know. Uh, but uh, but I, the Freely's comment. Did you hear about the bass player? Yeah, well, we were gonna get yeah. into that. Well, I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, you brought oh, up yeah. Freely's comment, so I didn't know if you knew. Yeah. I mean, you know. No, well, I get into that because I yeah, got to say about John Reagan. Yeah, uh, very John, sad to hear. Yeah, John Reagan was—he was like an exceptionally nice person. Every, yes. I mean, for years, like ten years, there wasn't a birthday where that went by where he wouldn't wish me a happy birthday. He was yeah, super nice. Yeah, he was super nice on online. Yeah, my point is, I'm a nobody. And he wishes me a happy birthday, which means he must wish everybody a happy birthday on his Facebook. Yep. You know? So, yep. and I met him. I, I put up a picture with me and him today. He was so nice when I met him because when I met him was soon after my birthday. And yeah, he don't remember, of course, but I told him, oh, dude, you wish me a happy birthday and blah, blah. And then we talked a little bit about uh, the demos, the Freely Comet demos and stuff like that. And he played on one of my favorite, most underrated Peter Frampton albums, which is called Breaking the Rules. That album yeah. flat out rules. 
it's Phantom like trying to get heavy again. And uh, it's great. It's just underrated. Nobody knows about it. He also played on on Rolling Stone albums. He played yeah. he played with Mick Jagger. I mean, yep. the guy the guy was an accomplished musician, man. And he was they- super super nice. And I'm very very sad. And here's the ironic thing: he was just posting yesterday on Facebook, you know, just random yep. shit. And then today he put up a kind of like a. Like seven hours ago, he put up this picture that was kind of like religious with crosses and, you know, he was dead. Like, kind of like he was posting while he was dying, you know? Crazy. It's just so sad. And, you know, I don't know how he died and tell you the truth. I don't want to know. It's just tragic. I think John Reagan is like one of the good guys. And yes, I have heard stories how Ace Fairly mercilessly ripped him off. Because he financed a lot of Ace's shit that he never got his money back. Yep. So, you know, it's sad. It's just sad. And I'll get and, and I'll say another thing. When 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 I met him, you know, he was in that Return of the Comet band and it was a pre-kiss show. Right. And Ace Frehley got up on stage with them. And Ace Frehley was fucking like such an asshole at the at the sound guy, screaming at the sound guy, throwing shit at him causing this huge scene on stage and then uh the next day john reagan got on facebook saying how fucked up and unprofessional ace fairly was you know and i agree i was in the audience going what the fuck's up with this ace you fucking calm down sounds fine out here and i don't know what it just seemed like he was in a fucked up mood and he didn't hide it from the crowd and made you know made the band look bad so he got pissed off about it. He wrote it on Facebook, and rightfully so. You know, I mean, here's this guy going up on stage that owes you, I don't know how many thousands of dollars, fucking up your show, you know? God bless John Reagan. He, yeah. was, he was a nice guy, man, and a great musician, and I will miss him. I, I, I really, you know, I would comment on his stuff. He never commented on mine, but, you know, when he put something up, the interesting like songs from that Peter Phantom album, I would write, and he would always reply to me. You know, he was always replying to everybody, man. The guy was just very cool, nice, and it's sad. It's so tragic. That guy's dead. It's, it's, I, yeah, I, he was he was really sweet. Yeah. And uh, same thing, I would get birthday, you know, messages every year from him since we became friends on Facebook. And I, I just got, you could tell he appreciated anybody you know, who cared about what he did. And, I mean, he worked with Clapton, too, David Lee Roth. I mean, a laundry list of people. And you don't get to play with all those people if you suck. You know, but he was always a background kind of guy. Yeah, you, know, uh, you, really you really look at it. Everybody played with rules. He never he never did a bass, yeah. he never did a bass track on a Poison album. Right. And he was so nice. One year, I, uh, I I think it was like right when we first became friends, um, I sent him my phone number. And he called me up and he said, love you, Wadzilla, and I'm not going to apologize. And hung up. Wow. You know, yeah, real cool, real quick, you know. But, you know, that's the kind of guy he was. And yeah, he, uh, didn't say, he didn't say fuck you. He said love you. Yeah, said love you, Wadzilla. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, damn, we should have asked him. Because, you know, he would have came on the show and, you know, probably would have been uh, a, a lot of fun. 
And I, I love when you when you see people like that, you know, uh, musicians who appreciate the fans they have on Facebook. I mean, how many, you know, I, I think all of us probably have rock stars that we're friends with on Facebook, you know, and it could or could not be the actual person to begin with. But normally it's just, you know, hey, let's build up a high number of, uh, you know, I have this many people interested in me kind of thing and they could give a shit less. He really cared. You know, and you could tell he did that with each and everybody that he was friends with. He would do that. And that's somebody who takes time and appreciates uh, everything in life. You know, and very sad. I don't know how old he was. I got a feeling he was pretty old. Uh, I think he was already old, you know, by the time he was in Fraley's Comet. I think he was like the oldest guy by far. Um, I haven't seen it online, so I'm guessing he was probably in his late 70s or early 80s. So I'm hoping it was just natural causes and he didn't suffer, you know. But, uh, yeah, super, super nice guy. Kind of looks that way. He's posting like, you know, like anything, you know. It's like he's yeah. in songs and stuff yesterday. I actually went to his Facebook because I thought I saw him post something yesterday. And I went and looked, and yeah, he posted a few things yesterday. Like nothing, like nothing was happening, you know. So maybe it was unexpected, you know. Yeah. Know. But it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Rest in peace, John Regan. Yeah. Oh wait, Jeff Beards. What do you think, man? Um, I like Freely's Comet. Um, I think they're a wonderful band. Do they make you happy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that first Freely's Comet album kicks ass. It just kicks out. It does. Break out, something moved, Stranger in a Strange Land. That was a great, great solo album that Ace released in 87. Hey, so so Second Coming. Love that album. Second Coming was horrible. (laughs) Um, That live album? They did that one live. Yeah, that's one. And also John Regan was on Trouble Walking as well. Yeah. That's a nice album, too, man. They're all pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Trouble Walking was good. That's a good album. Yeah. Probably the last good one he did. All right. Uh, next story. Uh, this is something I was all excited to buy until... Uh, I see, it looks like it's only going to be a CD release. And that's a 40th uh, re-release of Black Sabbath's Live Evil. Really? On seat? No, dude. I think I saw vinyl online. Really? I'm okay. Pretty, well, uh, vinyl, yeah. And it and it and it was for vinyl, which means, you know, they got added shit. I guess, you know. Well, this is a this is a four CD set. Uh, basically, what it is uh, is the remaster, uh, two thousand a, a new two thousand three remaster of the original album, and then. Uh, a hodgepodge of different stuff. I think this was on a previous release, stuff from Dallas, San Antonio, Seattle, uh, Fresno, all kinds of shit uh, from 82. And, you know, it's got a cool poster and a replica of the Mob Rules uh, tour program and shit. I mean, it looks really nice, but this picture I'm seeing now, it's just CD, not vinyl. Well, I uh, saw it. I saw it online. Yeah, trust me, I okay. Saw, I saw four vinyl. Okay. Dude, why, well, you, why do you think I'm lying? I'm telling you the truth. Okay, well, I'm happy. I'm happy then, because I was disappointed. But now you made me happy. Yeah! Yeah! You I'll know, you know um, um, 
I love Live Evil. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not bashing Live Evil by saying this. But goddamn, Hammersmith is better, man. That was an awesome, awesome live album. From the oh, yeah, I love that one. Dude, I like it more than Live Evil. Live Evil, you can't hear the audience. It's weird, but I still like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad at all, but man, Hammersmith went so under the radar because it was only limited edition, you know? But yeah. I wish that would have been the extra on Live Evil. Put the Hammersmith. Yeah. And I like, you know, that the Hammersmith has a different set list, Country Girls on there. Uh, really, yeah, that's a, yeah, really good one. Because it was... Uh, was recorded early in the tour. Yeah, and I mean, but fuck this, you know this re-release that you know this is probably like the seventeenth time they re-released Live Evil, but man, just to just to hear Voodoo live, <laughs> you know I'm picking it up. Uh, I have very special memories of, of buying that album when I was first getting into to Dio and Sabbath, and uh, I used to play the shit out of it. Now you know the older I get, I'm, I'm kind of like you, Ralph. Uh, I kind of pretend to like I'll skip him doing the Ozzy songs, uh, but man, just hearing the hearing Heaven and Hell live on that and Voodoo and shit like that, well worth it. Yeah, you know, uh, mixed with Sign of the Southern Cross. No, it, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome live album. I'm not bringing it down, but I feel the same way about Ozzy Osbourne live. I think that's better than Tribute. But it. Oh yeah. It just went under the radar. Because Tribute sounds fixed up. Of course, Randy's not fixed up because he's dead. But everything else kind of sounds like Tweet. Where Ozzy Osbourne Live sounds raw and real, you know? And I think Randy even plays better on that. He's on fire on that fucking Ozzy Osbourne Live album. But not a lot of people know about it. Same thing with uh, Hammersmith. It's sad, you know? Because live albums are kind of, to me... Live albums are like instinct. They, they, they don't make... Because, you know, MTV ruined live albums, I think. You know, because back in the day before MTV, when you listen to live albums, you picture yourself there. You know, you picture it in your mind how it is. And then MTV just ruined that. And that's why live albums suffered in the 80s and thrived in the 70s, because we didn't have video footage to watch daily. So, and speaking of video footage, you know, they, they, they filmed Live Evil, you know? And there has been little leaks here and right. there of that footage. That would be nice to re-release, to release that. The fucking live video of that fucking tour. I saw that tour. That's all he would for the tour and it was godly, godly. And I gotta, I gotta bring up the story because I always bring it up when I talk about that show. Back in the day, kids, Back in 1982, I believe this album came out. I saw the tour in 82. Back in the kid, back in the day, kids, when you had nosebleeds at concerts, you would take binoculars because they didn't have the big screens on stage so you can see it fine way in the back. And I'll never forget the Mob Rules tour. I'm in the balcony with my binoculars. And this old hippie goes, hey man, can I borrow your binoculars for Iron Man? <laughs> I'll never forget that moment at the at the Mob Rules tour. Yeah, uh, some friends of mine went to that. That was at the Hollywood Sportatorium, and the Outlaws opened that. Show. Yep, the Outlaws opened that show, yeah. and the internet has it wrong because I I've searched the internet and she says Black Sabbath with uh, oh fuck now I can't remember the name of that. And I was like, it wasn't that Savoy, no, not Savoy, Brown, Doctor Hook. 
I was like, Dr. Hook did not open that show. Get out of here. I remember, I love the Outlaws, so I was psyched to see them too. Odd billing, but yeah, I got to see Huey, man, before he died, and them doing Green Grass and Ghost Riders. Good shit, man. Good time. Both bands were great that night. Awesome show. And what I got was the Live Evil. I didn't get Country Girl or none of that. I got exactly the same listing on Live Evil. That's the show I saw. Right. Jeff, are you a fan of Black Sabbath and Live Evil? Um, I love Black Sabbath. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, I have a Sabotage shirt on right now. Wow. Right. Um, I love Live Evil. I have a copy frame that's uh, Vinny signed. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic, man. I love me some Sabbath. They're a wonderful band. They're super rad. Sabbath, yeah. Fuck yeah! yeah! Sabbath makes me happy, bro. <laughs> well, this next story, it's it's not Sabbath related, but it is a way, in a way, to me. Uh, I saw a post on your Almost Human page yesterday, Ralph, and uh, it was somebody commenting, I believe it was the birthday or the anniversary of the death of Cozy Powell, and they were posting, like, you know, the tear lineup, uh, you know, Headless Cross lineup, and the guy was like, you know, I, I wish more people got into this era. And I said, you know what this era reminds me of? Queen with Adam Lambert. Hey, 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 man. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Come on, dude. And, and Queen with Adam Lambert announced a fall 2023 North American tour. I ain't Are, sure. uh, You're not going? I saw him the last time. Yeah. When Queen came with Adam Lambert, I went. Now... Yes, it was a great show. I got to see Brian May, Roger Taylor, but... And Adam Lambert has an awesome voice. Don't get me wrong. I think his voice is great. But holy crap, that, 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 that stage presence and the shit he was doing on stage was really kicking oh, yeah. me off. I was like, <laughs> you, man. Why don't you act like a normal human being? I mean, Freddie Freddy was Freddie. You know, he didn't try. He was just Freddy. Well, this guy's just a tryhard. And yeah, he had a good voice and everything, but it, it, hey, Queen with Adam Lambert is awesome if you're blind. <laughs> Jeff, are you a fan of Queen and Queen with Adam Lambert? Um, I actually uh, seen that tour. Um, I thought it was great. Um, I think Brian May. Uh, when he sang, that was some of the best parts of the show. I think Brian May has a great voice, and yeah. I would like to see him, um, Brian May, sing the whole set. I think that would be great. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, see, that would be great. I would yeah! Love yeah! You know, Brian May can sing Freddie Mercury stuff. Yes, yeah, not as powerful, but he can make it sound good. You know, I mean, it's... And, you know, listen to shit like 39... And uh, what's that? Long ago. God, I love those are some of my favorite Queen songs sung by Brian. Sleeping on the Sidewalk. Great shit, man. But, you know, and speaking of Brian May, he just got voted, I don't know where, greatest guitarist ever. And, and they interviewed him about it. And he was like, man, there's no greatest guitarist. That doesn't exist. There's so many great guitar players out there. I'm honored and humbled, but I don't like this. I don't like being called the best. Nobody's the best. And then he went on on a little tirade about, you know, come on, you're going to put me over Jeff Beck? Are you nuts? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, Brian May's a cool dude, man. Sounds like it. I would go see him if uh, John Deacon came back. I would go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I probably would, too. But, uh, well, here's a reunion I didn't see coming. But I don't know if I'm going to go to this. Even though it would probably be at political rallies that lean towards me. But Dee Snyder says Twisted Sister will reunite in 2024 for appearances at different political rallies that need our support. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and definitely, you know, if, if you follow up with uh, D, you know, he definitely leans to the left these days. Uh, you know, got mad at Trump for using his music and stuff. Uh, so I, I find it odd that they're, you know, you know, what are they going to do at a political rally? They're going to get up and play, we're not going to take it, and that's it. You know, there's not going to be a full-fledged fucking Twisted Sister concert at a fucking, you know, Joe Biden rally. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I think it's kind of silly. I did think it was funny. Uh, he brought up a point uh, how they passed a law in um, Tennessee that bans a lot of drag races. And he says, my band would not be allowed to play in Tennessee. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. I, I, I wonder how that would work out under that law. You know, would that, would that fall under, a, a, you know, a drag show? And, uh, you know, would everybody get arrested but Mark Daniel Mendoza? Because even towards the end, uh, Mark wouldn't dress up. The rest did. And uh, I, don't, I don't think they ever, that's something we should have asked uh, Eddie Ojea is why he wouldn't do it. And, uh, I, I, I don't know if he would have told us. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's silly for Twisted Sister to do this, but you know, they can do whatever they want. But I wouldn't go out of my way to go see like one song or two songs. You know, it would be awesome though if they were to do that. Like you said, these to the left now, right? So I, right. I think it would be awesome if Twisted Sister would play like a Republican. Uh, <laughs> and they play Destroyer or the Beast. You know? Yeah, you're gonna burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna burn in hell if you vote for this asshole. You know, that'd be cool. That that way, I get to hear Destroyer or the Beast live, and not we're not. <laughs> you know, they not, go go to the Republican rally and they go, "Hey, man, we're gonna go up there and play. We're not gonna take it." All right, cool, go up there, and then they go up there and do the Beast. I dedicate this to this fucker that's running for president. He is the Beast. You know. <laughs> or I can see him like, you know, just to piss off the crowd, go out there in full drag and play like leader of the pack and really piss yeah. everybody off. <laughs> you know, while drinking Bud Light. <laughs> like, oh shit, they're only playing B sides from Love Is for Suckers. <laughs> ah, you know, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Are you? <laughs> you know, you know that you know that's brutal, Ian, because there are actual B sides for Love Is for Suckers, and they're fucking. Oh, they're Terrible. Horribly terrible. Bad. You know what? I wish I wish he would get Desperado back together or something. You know what? I don't know. Do something. Widowmaker, man. Widowmaker rules. Yeah. Widowmaker be good, too. But, uh, Jeff, are you a Twisted Sister fan? Are you a sick motherfucker? I am. Um, I met D. Snyder. He's one of the nicest guys ever. Um, I had my, I was at a convention, I had my uh, Stay Hungry album, and um, I'm a short guy, but D. Snyder, huge dude, um, and he's such a hero of mine, I was super nervous to meet him, I like went up, I had like a bag in my hand, he was like, 
you know, I was like, hey, you know, could I get an autograph and a picture? And he was like, yeah, yeah, sit that bag down, you know? And I'm like, oh, all right. And I'm like, you know, could you sign it to Jeff? And he's like, ah, Jeff, like a man, you know? It was just a really cool (laughs) moment. He wrote, like, SMF on my album. Super nice guy. Love Twisted Sister. Love D. Snyder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and... When I met D, he was super nice and did an intro for this show. We should dig out some of these old, like, you know, bumpers we got from Rockstars and add the D. Snyder one on here. Because he was the only guy who ever got it right the first take. Because most of the musicians I met was in New Orleans. Everybody's fucked up. We don't have the easiest, you know, title of a show to say. D, you know, sober as a judge, just told him once, okay, roll. (laughs) You know, knocked it out first time. The yeah, fastest. the time I try to get Jakey Lee to do this, <laughs> I got it on video too. It's hilarious. Jake's like, "Ah, you're listening to rock and roll." I'm like, "Combat Parker, what he said." <laughs> oh God, no! I, I think the the best had to be uh, uh, what's the drummer's name from Anvil? Uh, oh, uh, Rob Rob Reiner. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Oh my God, Rob was high as a fucking kite. I mean, he was actually smoking a joint outside the venue when I went up to him. And it was like seven or nine takes. It was great, though. I mean, and we appreciate anybody taking the time to do it. But, yeah, it's funny to see all these people struggle with it. Not D. Snyder, goddammit. But, uh, oh, Rush bassist Getty Lee has a memoir coming out, My Effin' Life. That's awesome. And I was like, wow, Getty Lee, of all people, calls his book my effing life. Isn't that out of character? Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. But uh, I would love to read that. I'm sure he's got some amazing oh, stories to yeah. tell. No, I, you know there's going to be some good Ace Frehley stories in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was probably there when Ace sucked off Peter. Yeah, probably. You know? <laughs> they were like, hey, when you guys are done, can, can you listen to Caressa Steele? <laughs> and Ace like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, all right, well, we've got another huge fucking story to tell. And everybody knows what that one is. One and only Mick Mars. Holy shit, the gloves are off. Wow. He, he's carried these bastards for years, and he wants to get paid, motherfucker. I'm loving Mick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I gotta tell you though, I, I'm, I'm, I hope something good happens out of this, and by good, Motley Crue stops touring. Um, but uh, man, I hope this doesn't get dragged out to where Mick doesn't even live long enough to see his fucking, you know, his his share of this stuff. And uh, he seemed really together in his statement, you know, in the interview he did. I believe it was with Variety. Um, but, you know, didn't talk like a, a man who's lost his faculties. You know, I believe, you know, his other ailments, you know, with his back and everything. Yeah, the, the man can't tour anymore. But he shouldn't have had to because they weren't supposed to play together anymore anyway. But just, you know, dealing with the bullshit of those three fucking morons. You know, for as long as he did, he should be knighted for that. You know, he should be Sir McMars. You know, and then you take it away because you listen to those albums. But, uh, you know, I mean, just hearing that Nikki doesn't play one fucking note. 
And it just makes me laugh at the people who paid money to go see this shit, you know. And some of them are people I love, you know, dearly, like, you know, Dick Twakins and fucking Charlie and Daniela Hill, you know, went, and, and many others went and supported this fucking shit. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, well, you know? well, well, here's the deal. It's, yeah, you can feel, it's like, well, you go, but man, all right, I'll give Dick Twakins and Charlie Daniela Hill a pass, but I won't if they go see them now with John Five. Then it's like, come on, dude, really? You now know for a fact this, that Vince, <coughs> you get a better tape for Vince, Vince is lip syncing. You know, and Tommy's been caught. He was caught red-handed, not drumming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, really? I mean, what the fuck? Why would you go see this? Now you got actual proof this shit is happening. All right, back then I'll give you a pass because right. no. But now you know. It's ridiculous, you know? And then Nikki Six comes out and says, you know, trying to say, oh, we love you, Mick, and all that shit. But at the same time, he said, you know, we've been propping him up for years. I mean, that's fucked up to say that. It's like, fuck these guys. Fuck them all. And Mick, too. Look, man, Mick gets a pass, okay? Mick gets a pass from everybody. But I got to say it. Mick Mars, 2015, said he was going to buy everybody a ticket if they would come out of that farewell tour. He said that. So he's not so innocent either, you know what I mean? They're all four scumbags. I'm telling you, I think Vince is the coolest one. Vince is just like, just, uh, hey, man, have me a bucket of chicken, point me to the stage. I'll go out there and do my thing. You know, I, where, they, where everybody else in the band hates. You know Mick Mars does not like playing looks at kill and shit like that. You just know it. That's not his style. You know, so... I don't know. And, you know, Bob Daisley came out like a few months ago saying that Motley Crue wanted to fire Mick Mars during the Shot of the Devil era, you know, during that Ozzy tour. I, I know. And, and I never knew that. And apparently he said that years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it 100% because it makes sense. I mean, if you look at, you know, he's always been the least popular member. Most people who are really that into fucking Motley Crue are Johnny Bogan and girls. And, you know, they were always crazy about the other three. You know, he's like, you know, uh, my, my ex used to say, I just close my eyes and pretend there's no McMars. You know, so I could see them wanting to get some young, hot shot, you know, pretty boy to match the fucking rest of them, you know, at least back then. Uh, you know, and none of them have any fucking musical integrity. You know, have you heard those records? I mean, goddamn, Shout at the Devil's a fucking fluke, man. No, shout, yeah, I know, but I got to tell you this. This happened to me today. When I was walking with my iPod on shuffle, Too Young to Fall in Love came on, and I never realized, I mean, I always loved the song. I think it's a badass song. But listening to it today, I was kind of like, dude, this song is unbelievably good. I mean, considering it's Motley Crue, look, the drumming, the pounding drumming, the vocals, I think, are awesome. Vincent's great on it. The lyrics are unbelievably good. Not, I love when he goes, "Not yet a punk, not yet a man, just a punk in the street," and he and he just like puts the exclamation mark and like, "Not yet a man, just a punk in the street." Yeah, I love that. That yeah, it reminds me of Jeff Beers here, man. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Right. Yeah, I love when Vince goes yeah in that song. It's so cool. Man. 
And it, I just think that whole song is fucking just brilliant, brilliant traditional heavy metal. And I, I gotta say the same thing about the rest of that fucking album. Of course, it is definitely a fluke. Molly Crew were fucking goddamn. What the fuck was going on? You know, I, do believe, I do believe there was a Matthew Trippy. I think the real guy took over. Because you notice, Matthew Trippy took over during Theater of Pain. Come on. I think I think Mick Mars is suing Matthew Trippy. Even though uh, Matthew Trippy's dead. Jeff, are you a uh, Motley Crue fan? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think they're a great band. Um, I like um, their albums, and I like some of their songs, and I think they're great. Yeah. Uh, are, are you going to continue to see them live? Are you interested in seeing them with John Five on guitar? Um, no. Unless they have, like, some sort of, like, crazy package tour, you know, where, like, a bunch of bands play with them or something. Like, they did that stadium tour, and they had, you know, the Poison and the Def Leppard and the Joe and Jack. You know, that's a pretty stacked bill. I mean, if they do another one and, like, rap opens up, and it's, like, the original rap or, you know, Wasp with, like, Chris Holmes or something, I might check it out but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, go check that out man if it's just yeah. motley crew i mean i probably wouldn't go i mean i probably want to see motley crew if it's just motley crew because when i went and seen them i did go see them i seen that stadium too where people were leaving in drones this this when they came really? on stage it was just they were like ah oh, and then they were just leaving the arena let me let me ask you jeff Unlike Ian and myself, would you actually go to that show with Wasp, with Chris Holmes, and Rat, and then stay for Molly Crew? Because me and Ian won't. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah we'll leave, of course. We'll leave, um, we'll leave right at the Rat. Would you stay for Molly Crew? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure. Want to be traffic, dude? Yeah. Well, John Fives from Michigan. He's a Michigan dude like myself, and I do like John Five. He's a very nice guy. He's overqualified. Um, I don't yeah. know. It's a good question. I, I would have to think about that. I would have to see it. Um, I'd have to see it. You know, I mean, I would probably feel like ah, I paid money for this. I probably should stay. You know, and then it probably a lot of people left, like what they did with the stadium tour. A lot of people left so I could move closer to the stage. Let me tell you something, Jeff. If you leave before Motley Crue, you got your money's worth. (laughs) Yeah, and they should change the advertising. They should say, John Five Live with tapes of Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know he's playing live. I mean, that guy can play anything. you know, it, it, Ralph, you nailed it on the head. He's way overqualified. Unfortunately, John Five is one of those guitar players who is overqualified for everybody he plays with. You know, uh, I would say the only one he wasn't was with Dave. You know, and he got to shine and, and really play. And I mean, even though I love the album he did with Rob Halford too, it's, the, you you can't tell from that what he can really do. You can't tell with Marilyn Manson. You can't tell with Rob Zombie what this guy is capable of. If you listen to his uh, you know solo albums, which I thoroughly enjoy, 
I, I mean, this is a guy, you know, sometimes you see a lot of these musicians who unfortunately, they just never found the band. You know, they never found that right band with original material uh, to take it to that next level. And there's so many other bands that are undeserving that just have a little bit more luck and got in at the right time. Yeah, it, it, it's a sham. Uh, I hope Mick gets paid. That way he can cover all the people he has to pay for Motley Crue coming back. Yeah. There you yeah, go. The forces aren't cheap. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I love I love him letting loose and saying this. I love that line. I carried these bastards for years. That's awesome. You know it. Oh, you know almost, it, almost it, sounds like Terrence, don't it? Yeah. But I mean, think about it. Could could you imagine being in a band with those other three? As much as I'd like to go out drinking with Vince Neil, I'd never want to be in a band with him. <laughs> you know, and the ego and, and of Nikki Six and the the fucking moronic fucking Tommy Lee. You know. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. Well, next story. You know, I was also thinking, like, that farewell show, yes, Alice Cooper blew him away, but what a stage show. And and they come back with that piece of crap stage show. With yeah. t- you know, it's like, what's up with that stage show they have now? What is that? Like, iron beams on stage that don't do anything? Fuck it, man. And don't get me started about, about that fucking horrendous set list. Holy shit, is it bad? Oh, yeah. Terrible. They do, the, they do the Ramones now, which is really, really bad. And disrespectful. I, what was it? Was it I Want to Be Sedated or Blitzkrieg Bob? One of the two. I did see the clip, and I'm like, oh, God. But you know what? Nobody can cover the Ramones. You notice that? Um, oh, yeah. uh, um... The one thing about Mick Mars, um, actually on his Twitter, he like posted something about that. I think you guys probably seen it. The post he made. No. Uh, it, was, it was about like, you know, like uh, something goodbye or something. It was like a statement or something. Right. But I did um, comment and was like, hey, Mick Mars, do you want to join my band, Eddie Van Helsing? You know, we won't have tapes. We can share the money. And Chips Enough actually liked it. So oh, wow. it's pretty cool. Yeah, get Chips it. Enough. Get he liked my... Well, he needs a job. <laughs> Maybe he'll join my band with uh, Mick Mars. That would be awesome. Hey, I'd go see that. I would go see that, definitely. Mick Mars was awesome on those first two crew albums. Then when he started with the slide guitar, he fucking, he's, uh, I'm sorry, he lost it. All that slide guitar shit, man. Just stick to metal. Fuck your little slide guitar bullshit. What, what, about, his, what about that pedal steel on without you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He deserves all that money just for having to play on glitter. Yeah. Even, but, even though, seriously, I wonder, when's the last time McMars even played on a Motley Crue record? I don't think, think about it. I don't think McMars played on glitter. I don't think there's guitar on that album. That song. <laughs> yeah, no balls and, and no guitar. Exactly. Uh, Honestly, though, I, I mean, that, that might have been the last time he even played. Because I don't think he played on fucking Saints or, you know, any of that dirt shit. Thank God. A uh, new tattoo? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, new tattoo. Oh, alright. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, Glitter, Glitter was on, uh, yeah, that's right, Glitter was on... Uh, uh, Generation Swine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he played a little bit on that, I think. But yeah, uh, he, he, I know they were trying to cut him out of that. Yeah. He came out slamming that album. 
Oh, well, rightfully so. But what's what's he gonna do? He's gotta pay rent, you know. Well, another sad story, Nora Forrester, uh, wife of Sex Pistols frontman Johnny Rotten dies after a very long battle with Alzheimer's. And uh, I think she'd been suffering with this for over 20-something years. And uh, John's been her full-time caregiver and everything. And, uh, you know, a very inspirational tale of love, but a very sad one, too. John, man, the, John is the real deal. That yeah. guy can't get more real than Johnny Rotten. He doesn't give a fuck what you think. And, yeah, he's been for the past 20 years going on shows like fighting for Alzheimer's and talking about caring for his wife and he's been with her for almost yeah. 50 years. I mean, that yeah. was the real deal, you know, and he took yeah. care of it. And, and Alzheimer's not pretty. So he had a deal yeah. with that. And, you know, poor Johnny, man, and she's now gone. And he even went out. He said countless times he doesn't know how he's going to live without her. So I'm, I'm, I feel very bad for John. Yeah, he even went on that horrible mass Singer show because his wife loved it. And he said he did it for her and did it to raise awareness. And I believe him, you know, because look at all the other shit he could do that he doesn't do. Uh, you know, I don't think that was for a paycheck. I think he did it just to put a smile on his wife's face and to try to, you know, raise awareness and money. No, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure he was losing a lot of money caring for his wife. Not going oh, yeah. on tour, not making music, and uh, he, he felt like, you know, I'm going to take care of my wife. That's more important. You got He's the real deal. I, Johnny Rotten, to me, is a fucking hero. He's just a hero. You know, I love him, man. I agree. He's for the people, the common people, you know, and fought the government in England. And, you know, I mean, he, he, was, he was a badass, man. He still is. Speaks his mind. Did you see that? There's a, 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 a like a little panel with uh, Johnny Ramone and I mean not Johnny uh, Johnny Rotten. Um, Marky Ramone. And yeah. And, oh, that shit's classic. Like Johnny don't Johnny don't want none of your bullshit. You know. <laughs> it's like he made up his mind and fuck you. That's it. You know. Even though I totally side with Marky on that one, but I just love how real he is, though. You know? Uh, he's hysterical on it. He, he was like, I, fuck your common knowledge. This is how I feel. You know, I love that about Johnny Rock. He's, he's a shit, you know? And there was a very pop... I can't remember his name now. There's a Netflix thing on him. A very popular uh, personality in England that got arrested for pedophilia many years later and Johnny Rotten in the 70s said he was a pedophile on oh National yeah I know who you're talking about yeah on National TV Johnny Rotten called him a pedophile in the 70s you know way back and he didn't get caught till the 2000s oh was it uh that Gary Glitter guy no it wasn't oh. Gary Glitter it was a TV personality that had like oh he had like his own show and stuff and then yeah he, uh, he was a Michigan boy Ted Nugent yeah yeah <laughs> And speaking no, of I, speaking of Ted Nugent, he announced his farewell tour. Oh, did he? Yep, and I think that sucks because no this is his farewell tour. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I love going to see Ted Nugent live. I, yeah, I'm not too crazy about his politics, but I want to see Ted Nugent play Stranglehold because that's one of the greatest concert experiences I've ever had. 
is every time I see him do Stranglehold and all those old classics, man. So I'm kind of sad that he's uh, doing a farewell tour, but hopefully he'll be like Kiss and Motley Crue and come back. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really sad because, you know, between him and Eddie Money dying, uh, who the fuck's going to play county fairs anymore? You know? Yeah. There's going to be no shows. Hey, man, county uh, fairs rule. They got corners. Oh, I, I, I love them. I, I love county fairs. But, uh, you know, him and uh, him and Eddie Money were staples of those. And I love Eddie Money, you know, sad to see him go. Uh yeah, I, I could care less about Ted. I, I would not. I've seen Ted, and I'm good with that. Uh, I got to see him once, and I'm good. I would not give the man my money. But you know what? Fuck, I don't care about any of his fucking politics and shit. I will still play those old records, and I will love them and enjoy them and stuff like that. Yeah, I wouldn't go see him now. But again, you know, he's fucking old as shit now, too. Yeah, but he, he's healthy. He doesn't do drugs. He's, you know, he's old hurt. He can still tour. Look at B.B. King and all these fuckers. B.B. King was fucking obese and shit. You know what I mean? And he played till the end. Yeah, but he's sitting on a fucking chair playing the blues. A little bit different than getting up there and playing fucking uh, Stranglehold. Yeah, but still, he did it, you know? And, and Ted, yeah. he's healthy. There's nothing wrong with Ted Nugent as far as his health goes. I mean, Well, that, that, that you know of. You know of. He's probably got Alzheimer's. He, well, he could have something going yeah. on. You're, you're right. You're right. Maybe something came up and said, he said, let's do a farewell tour because this is going to be my farewell tour. You might be right. You might have an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't, you know, even though I think he's a piece of shit, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, you know, horrible disease. Yeah. Well, you know, well, it's Hagar. Yeah, I'd wish it on Hagar. Uh, are you a Ted Nugent fan being a Michigan boy there, uh, Jeff? Uh, yeah, yeah, I love Ted Nugent. Um, I went and seen him, uh, last year, and I actually met him, and, um, I asked him about the movie Tape Heads, if you've ever seen the movie Tape Heads with, uh, John I, Cusack. I, yeah, I know of it, but I never saw it. Um, well, Ted Nugent had no idea what I was talking about, and then he looked at me like I was crazy, and then his wife looked at me like I was crazy, and it was really awkward. <laughs> and, yeah. and he signed my eight track and um it was the venue uh well even like like ted Nugent, like he used to play pine knob and um the last time i seen him there like there was uh, not like a whole lot of people there and he played with blue oyster call and mark um farner of a uh, grand nice. funk and uh the lawn there was nobody on the lawn they had this special <laughs> tribute uh, with like the soldiers and like a flag, and it was there was nobody around. Like it was kind of it was kind of sad a little bit. And then they actually moved Nugent into the smaller pavilion in Michigan, and I went. That's where I went yeah. and seen him last year, and it was still pretty bare. And tickets for his show that's coming up in August went on sale, and his tickets are pretty cheap. Like you could get like ninety nine bucks, fifty bucks. And it doesn't look like it's selling, so I don't think Nugent is 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 as big of a concert draw as he once was. And even in Michigan, where you think he would probably like, you know, people would want to see him. So I think maybe if this is his farewell tour, maybe that has something to do with it. That that could be another factor. 
Oh. Well, All right. Last time I saw Ted Nugent was at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater, which is, it was packed. I mean, it's not the biggest place in the world, but it was pretty packed. He got, he, he had a good following down here. I haven't seen Ted Nugent. In May, I think the last time I saw Ted Nugent was when he opened for Kiss on the Farewell Tour. So he played here, I think it was maybe yeah. four years ago, before the pandemic. And I went with my brother, and it was a great turnout. And he played uh, Good Friends at a Bottle of Wine that night, which is never seen him play that. I'm like, whoa. And uh, he kicked ass. He has a tight little band. They were a three-piece. I love me some Ted Nugent music, man. Always will. And hopefully he'll come down here for the tour because I'd like to see him at least one last time. Awesome. Well, more sad news. Uh, Ex-Iron Maiden singer Blaze Bailey remains hospitalized still and is awaiting heart surgery. He has to have a triple bypass. Damn. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah, so he... I, I mean, I know he's a bigger guy, but he must have some clogged arteries, man. That's a triple bypass. That ain't no joke. Yeah, because you see him in Maiden, you know, he was regular size. He wasn't fat. Now he got really fat, so that may have something to do with it. Yeah. Well, uh, not a fan of, uh, you know, said this before, not a fan of his Iron Maiden albums, but, uh, you know, definitely don't wish death on the guy. I wish him a speedy recovery. Yes. All right. Well, something I'm definitely interested in. Uh, and Ralph, I, I don't know if you would, uh, you know, break bread to, to buy this, but Rats classic uh, albums are being put out in the Atlantic years, 84 to 91, in a limited edition box set and all on 180 gram vinyl and it will also include a single for nobody rides for free their uh their last one even though robin didn't play on that uh, and i think he was technically still in the band even though he wasn't in the video i don't know but yeah it's all the atlantic shit. uh the only thing that sucks is it doesn't come with the ep you know yeah and Atl nice. atlantic bought that ep didn't they yeah yeah, I know. I know it was released independently beforehand, and then they re-released it after Out the Cellar hit. But uh, I would love. I mean, I've got some of them on vinyl. I've got uh, Invasion of Privacy. I think it's 180 gram on white vinyl. Uh, sounds really good. But I would love to get that. But uh, I guess it depends on price. It looks like it comes with some cool posters and a nice box and everything. Is that something you'd be interested in, Ralph? Not really, no. And, but that's because I own like everything up to Dancing on the Cover. No, I think I have Reach for the Sky as well. Detonator I have on CD. Ah. I'm a big fan of the EP in the first album. The other albums have songs I like. You know, I, uh, not Detonator, but I could pick two, three songs off any album after Out of the Cellar that I like a lot. Like, if I was to compile my favorite songs off the albums after I was selling, I'd make a real, it, it would make an awesome album. But I'm not, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I felt each album was getting worse and worse. I, I did not think Invasion Your Privacy was really, it was good, but it was nowhere near as Out of the Cellar. You know, it didn't have, I, Out of the Cellar to me is flawless. Even the song that everybody hates, She Wants Money, I love that fucking song. I think that's, that album's phenomenal, you know? They blew their load, but 
he had your lay it down and you're in love i love that shit you know slip of the lip there's a lot of good songs off those other albums but not enough for me to go out and buy the box set have them on vinyl and i think my non-180 gram vinyl sounds just fine Right on. What about you, Jeff? You sound like you love Rad as much as I do. Is this something you're interested in? Um, yeah, it comes with a sticker. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. You got to get it now. You got to get the sticker. Do you uh, do you collect vinyl and listen to vinyl? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I listen to everything. I mean, I listen to eight tracks, uh, the vinyl, the cassettes, the CDs. Uh, do you have a working eight-track player? Um, yeah, it's on my uh, uh, record player. Wow. Uh, Jeff, that's not how you say it. You say it, yeah! Um, yeah! <laughs> so awesome. you, you have one of those old-school record players that has an 8-track player on it? Yeah, it's like an Emerson, has a cassette, 8-track, <laughs> and vinyl. That's so nice. Funny. How awesome is that? I'd love to have that again. I used to and, have uh, my great grandpa actually built the speakers, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, back in like '82 or something, I, I vividly remember because I had Diver Down when it was new on A-Track. I had a, a stereo. It was a stereo cassette player and A-Track, and the A-Track recorded. I could record the radio. I, I recorded Ozzy Osbourne on King Biscuit way back when Randy was alive on an A-Track, and I still own that A-Track that I recorded that show on. Uh, A-Tracks suck, but it's great nostalgia-wise, you know what I mean? Uh, I disagree, man. A-Tracks, they just keep playing, right? Vinyl, you have to turn over. Cassettes, yeah. you have to turn over. A-Tracks, it's just a continuous loop. Yeah, yeah but- Ralph, what's your problem? Nah, my problem is the channels, dude. Sometimes, like, like I'll give you an example. Like, I own Pink Floyd Animals. And like sheep would fade out, then the, it clicked to the next channel, fade back in. I don't like that, dude. I want it's not continuously, Jeff. There's songs that get cut, you know. It's like fades out. CDs are continual, you know. What I mean, that's the continual one. A tracks CDs oh. skip. They skip. Well, A tracks get eaten. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, <laughs> you got me there, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've been around the game for many years, dude. I'm going to be 60 in like two years. I'm an old school motherfucker, you know? So I've lived everything, you know? Cassettes, CDs, A-tracks, reel-to-reel, you know? The whole shebang. To me, none better than vinyl. What the fuck? Just get your ass out of the chair and flip the goddamn album over. Stop being lazy, Jeff. Well, okay. What if you were the chick, right? You turn on the vinyl, you're going to have to, like, you know, you stop, you know, doing what you're doing. You're going to turn that vinyl around, man. You got the (laughs) 8-track. It just keeps going. You're wrong, dude. You tell the chick, get on your knees, keep sucking my dick while I walk to the turntable. And the chick has to walk on her knees, sucking your dick while you flip the album over. Then you go back to the bed. And she continues sucking your dick. Because let me tell you something, Jeff. If a chick doesn't do that for you, she's not worth being with. Am I right, Ian? Uh, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. But uh, I've seen some posts on Facebook. And Jeff is so much of a coxman. He was in the middle of a, 
you know, doing the deed, and the eight track got eaten, and he made the girl get up and like open up the eight track and reel it all back together and put it in there, and uh, the whole time she had to do it with her with his dick in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Jeff knows Jeff knows how to pick up chicks, bro. Yeah, he's a pimp. Yeah. All yeah, right. yeah. Next story. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one. <coughs> Very excited about this. Uh, Saxon announced they are recruiting Diamond Head's Brian Tatler for their upcoming shows. And they said they were going to pick like an old school guy, uh, you know, to, to replace. Uh, what's his name? Just left. Yeah, Paul. Uh, Paul Quinn. What's, yeah, Paul Quinn. Uh, wow, what an addition there. Fuck yeah. Holy fuck, that seems like a ma- match made in heaven. And you know, what's, you know what's kind of fucked up about that? Uh, Brian from Diamond Head has more money than Saxon. Think about it. Just from Metallica. <laughs> he said it on many, time, many interviews, man. Metallica has kept him alive. With, you know how much money? Because of those garage inks and uh, Kill them all, yeah. reissue whatever you know those, and and they done more. What would they do? Like three three Diamond Head songs, right? They did "Am I Evil," "Helpless," so. "Helpless," "I'm Electric." It, it's electric. They did three fucking men. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. It pays to be uh, in Diamond Head. Hell yeah! But man, that just sounds wow. I would love to see Saxon with him. You kidding me? I would love that. And I would love them play Am I Evil, you know, while he's there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, are you a Saxon and Diamond Head fan? I love both of those bands. Um, When I first heard that news, I was actually kind of disappointed because I do love Diamond Head. And I was kind of like, whoa, are they going to stop doing diamond head stuff is diamond head gonna like stop touring or is this like a temporary thing but maybe there might be a diamond head saxon tour where both bands play you got the guitar player does double duties that would be a sick double bill Oh yeah. Well, I mean, in re- in reality, do you, do you get a lot of Diamond Head shows in Lansing, Michigan? We do, actually. <laughs> actually, oh, shockingly oh, okay. enough, I did go see them in 2013, and uh, in Lansing wow. they did play. It was a packed small bar, um, and yeah, I actually did, and it was one of the few bands that oh, kind of played. <laughs> so Diamond Head did play Lansing. Nice. Nice. Maybe you can att- maybe you can get him uh, to join your band, Van Helsing. Oh yeah, but he's kind of they're busy with uh the Saxon. Maybe yeah, you know. So hey hey Jeff Jeff, I'll join your band. That would be fantastic. I might have Mick Mars and uh Chips Enough join. Right. You got a couch I can crash on? I do. <laughs> All right. I'm on my way. <laughs> okay, yeah! <laughs> yeah! All right. Uh, well, D. Snyder just got kicked off the mass Singer. <laughs> now, D, I think, did it for the money and the fame. Oh, my God. I cannot believe people watch this shit. What are you talking about? Have you ever watched... Have you, 
Have you ever watched The Masked Singer, Ralph? I don't know what that is. What is that? Oh, God. You you are so cool, Ralph, to not know this. I know. This is a game show that I have no idea why it's still on the air, but apparently it's doing very well. Uh, a bunch of has-beens, uh, like has-been singers and sports people and everything, they have to come out. It's almost like cosplay. They come out dressed like... You know, the band from Chuck E. Cheese. You know, they're dressed in bear outfits and stuff like this. And and they sing songs, and the judges have to guess who the singer is. Well, they, they vote, you know, on whether, you know, if they did a good job or not. And then when whoever gets the least amount of votes, they all guess who it is, and then it gets revealed who the, uh, you know, D-list celebrity is. No pun intended. Wow. But, uh... Yeah, it's 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 pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Uh, yeah, and and the guest hosts are like Robin Thicke, Jenny McCarthy, uh, the Asian dude from The Hangover, and somebody else. And what? this thing's been on for like a, almost a decade now. Did Robin Thicke die? No, his dad did. Alan Thicke. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. No, his son. His son, the R&B singer. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I didn't know Alan Fisk had a celebrity son. Oh, you're so cool, Ralph. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm very yeah. out of touch, dude. I'm very out of touch with with, uh, with pop culture, you know. But uh, D was on, and he was dressed as a doll uh, every time he performed. So what did and, he say? Uh, what did he say that they couldn't figure? Did they figure out it was D. Snyder? No, uh, here's what's funny. Uh, let's see who uh, they had on here, who they guessed. One person guessed it was David Lee Roth. Uh, another person guessed it was Gene Simmons. One person guessed it was Iggy Pop. Uh, but no, it was D. Oh, D did uh, the episode he got kicked off. He did Jailhouse Rock. And uh, maybe that's it. I'd love to hear D do the Jailhouse Rock. I bet that shit was cool. Well, go go on uh, go on Blabbermouth and you can see it. Yeah, but he's wearing a mask, right? <laughs> I mean, you gotta click on it, dude. He's he's dressed like a girl doll with a big like bobblehead on. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah, I, I don't want to see D Snyder do Jailhouse Rock in, in that outfit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's why I said you're so fucking cool for not knowing what the hell yeah, I'm talking I, about. I, I'd rather see him sing that as a drag queen, like like, <laughs> like he looked like in the '80s. Oh God! Do you watch The Masked Singer, Jeff? Um, you know, like at my work, sometimes it's on in the break room, <laughs> and it's very sad. It's always sad because there are like these kind of like you said, decent D-list celebrities that I'm probably a fan of. But a lot of the judges have no idea who they are. So they were like, well, guess. Like, when uh, Johnny Rotten was on there, I did watch it. They, like, guessed, like, Jack Black, all these other celebrities. Johnny Rotten, you know, takes it off, and they're like, who? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty sad, you know. It's a sad show. It makes me feel <laughs> sad, you know. They probably didn't even know who D.C. Yeah. was. Yeah, and Jeff, you, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life because you're a positive guy. Yeah. 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 You know, another thing is I don't have cable TV. I don't 
I, I don't have TV. I don't watch TV. I can't, you know, when I'm interested in something, I'll, you know, I'll, like uh, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, shit like that, I find means of seeing that. But I'm not this person that, see, I wouldn't know about this show if I had TV and I'd be clicking the channels and bump, and bump into the masked singer, you know what I mean? Then I would know what it is. I don't have a TV, you know? I do, but it only You're plays Blu-rays. You're so cool. <laughs> that is true, though. I am very cool. No. All right. Well, David Coverdale doesn't know when White Snake will resume their farewell tour, and I, I kind of wonder if they will. Um, and also, he shared news that this uh, supposed box set of the Coverdale Page uh, album has been put on the back burner. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I, I, I was looking for that. I wonder if uh, if Robert Plant put the kibosh on it once again. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why should he? It's, it, it, you know, it, it's not like the box that's going to set the world on fire, but I would buy it in an RP. I, I, I want that shit on vinyl. I love that Coverdale Page album. I thought it was, it was just fucking mind-blowing to me how good it was. Because, you know, Jimmy, I, I too. Jimmy Page, I didn't dig Outrider or... Or, or Death Wish 2 soundtrack. Didn't dig none of that shit. And then when I heard that, I was like, fucking A. Jimmy Page finally did something I like after Zeppelin. You know? But yeah. I, I did like Walking Back to Clarksdale. You know, not more than, but Coverdale Page, I think, the best thing he's done since. Uh, oh, I, I agree. It's amazing. Are you a fan of White Snake and uh, Coverdale Page there, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I love them. Yeah. That's great, man. I knew it. I knew it. God, there's a question I want to ask you so bad, but I'm going to save it to the last news story. But uh, let's see. What else we got? Oh, Gene Simmons donated $250,000 to Mending Kids, an organization that provides life-saving surgical care to sick children. Awesome. And I, th I think that's great awesome uh he's done that in the past and he's visited kids you know I, I saw a story where he visited some kid that died the next day that was a big kiss fan you know gene gene's a good dude i mean uh, as far as giving back and shit hey eh, you know yeah. he's come back in other ways but you know hey he it's it's like metallica metallica man how many times do you hear about metallica donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to this oh yeah other things it's awesome when you hear these like big time motherfuckers with a lot of money, you know. I they should announce it. There are a lot of people that are modest. I know Keanu Reeves is one of them. Keanu Reeves yeah. donates. Yeah, he does yeah. a lot. He does a lot. He doesn't want people to know, which is cool too. But fuck it, let people know you have a good. Yeah. Life. <clears throat> yeah, I, I know. Uh, he took a pay cut on one of the Matrix movies, so. Uh, the special effects, which, you know, those movies would be nothing without the special effects. Uh, so they could all get a decent wage and they could hire enough people that they needed. You know, that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, I love seeing Gene do something like this. And yeah, I saw that story about, you know, the kid who died the next day. The fucked up thing is uh, Gene showed up at his hospital with the vault. And I think that's what killed the kid. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 I'll give it to you. 
there, there's Gene the said he'd give it to him for half his medicine, and then he played the songs, and the kid died. Suicide. Yeah, you know what? I believe that, because that vault almost killed me, too. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, Lars Ulrich says that Metallica has hopefully another decade if everybody stays healthy. Uh, man, and have you seen the uh, the videos online recently of uh, James Hetfield struggling? No. Like, yeah, no. There, there's some ones, uh, some recent shows he's been playing, and like, just like real shortness of breath. You know, taking a lot out of them. But you got to think. I mean, they still put on a high-powered show. You know, and they're, you know, I don't know if they're in their sixties, but they're damn close. They're getting up there. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard, you know, to to play those types of songs. You know, again, like you know, like I was saying with the BB King thing, you know, and Gene Simmons always says, "Well, I'll let these other people get around in the boots," which you know, and he does have a point there. But playing thrash music, you know, and Metallica, regardless of what they've released in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, they still always play, you know, the old stuff, and and that's got to take a lot out of you. I, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Jeff, are you a Metallica fan, and are you going to see this uh, the new tour? Um, yeah, or should I say, yeah! <laughs> um, of course I'm going to go see it. It's Metallica. They're fantastic. And, and we're good. Okay. Now, now we're, cut, we're cut off. You said to Jeff, uh, do you like Metallica? And then he said, yeah, he was uh, he liked it, and then it. Okay. Yeah, I do like I do like Metallica, man. <laughs> and, all right, uh, so, Jeff... so you're you're recording now? Yeah, I'm recording. All right, all right, take it take it from there. Okay, uh, and Jeff, you are going to see the new tour. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go see it both days. Um, I got the VIP. I'm gonna get early entry. I'm gonna get by the stage, by the railing, man. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Fuck yeah, you're loaded, dude. You got a lot of money, don't you? Um, no, no, I don't. Um, oh. um I don't know. I what guess you... I do. Maybe I do. I don't know. What, did you mortgage your house? It wasn't really that much. It was uh, like it was five hundred bucks for two days. All right. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's not that's not crazy. I did go see what him kind? in. Uh, I seen him in the Orion Music Festival, and that was probably one of the coolest oh, shows. Oh, nice! Because they did kill them all in its entirety on a small stage, man. Oh, that's, that that's was awesome. That's awesome. You know, you know what I thought of Ian. You know, when I saw Metallica and they played nothing but the songs from the first two albums, the songs right. they omitted, the songs they omitted, understandably, is Escape. Everybody loves that song, but them. And they also didn't play. Right. Four Horsemen, and they didn't play Jump in the Fire. Those are the three songs they extracted. I'm thinking they didn't play Four Horsemen, and they didn't play Jump in the Fire because of Mustaine. Because he wrote those songs. Wow. Um, I don't know, wow. because I, I, I mean, they played it since. They, they yeah, because they, they, yeah, they, they announced it at the whole Kill em All. I understand that, but since then, there's been a lot of bad blood where Mustaine refused to give Lars Ulrich writing credit on the No Life to Leather thing. That's why it never came out. You know, so there's bad blood there, you know. 
And, and he continued, I mean, Mustaine's a whack job, you know, he is a whack job. Dude, he could have made millions off that cassette, but he chose not to give Lars credit. I mean, that's some bad blood there, you know? Yeah, he's always shooting himself in the foot. Yeah, but uh, one thing I was bringing up while uh, while you were gone is, I'm, I'm curious if you would go see this, considering what you just saw. Like, I would almost be like, if I saw the show you saw, I'd be like, that's the last Metallica show I'm going to see. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How, that, how do you better yeah. that? No, you can't better it. You can't better it. And I am Ooh. digging, as you know, I know, I know the... Uh, I I am a fan of the four songs they released so far, and next Thursday coming up, I'm going to the theater to see you know the whole album, and by then I'll really judge. I mean the album is released on Friday, and uh, right. yeah, I mean they're they're so big, you know. Think about it. You can go to a theater and see the whole fucking. I mean, what band does that? You know, you can you have to be at like YouTube level, YouTube and maybe the stones to an, uh, an extent you know but but man fucking Metallica's huge man they're a big band yes they like, are like them or not you know and it is a very you know I mean all these people look I I gotten to the point where I don't I don't give a fuck how big you two is and how big this is and that is and I, I don't go out of my I mean yeah I don't like you too but man there's people that that live to bash Metallica and it's like, dude, no matter what you say, what you do, they're the biggest fucking metal band ever. There's never been a bigger metal band than Metallica. Never. You know? They play fucking stadiums. You know? And, and I think a big part of their success is by taking out these Avenged Sevenfold and all these shitty bands, you know, because they're popular with the kids. So you get kids going to the Avenged Sevenfold getting turned on to Metallica. And hopefully stop listening to Sevenfold, and, you know. But hey, all I can say is, would I go see it? Um, I don't know. It's not coming my way, but I, I would go see it for the right price, you know. That, that's right on. That's about all I can say. But I would go see them, but I would not pay, you know, a, a crazy amount of money. I'd love to see. Are, are they play? Is Pantera playing there? Uh, Jeff? Yeah, man. Pantera, dude. That's going to be cool. <laughs> oh, dude. Wolfgang's opening. Oh, yeah, I got to say, I got to say, I, I heard the new Wolfgang song and I liked it a lot, actually. I don't know if you heard it. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was heavy. It was really heavy, so... I dug it. I dug, you know, I only heard one song, but it was good. He made a video and everything for it, you know. Uh, sounds good, you know, so. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I think the whole Wolfgang Van Halen thing is just, you know, Eddie died and, you know, it's spur of the moment thing. So Wolfgang really got to step it up to make a career, you know, which I don't know if he's, you know, the way the, the, the music industry is today. Rock's not really that popular, you know. Look at the charts. Yeah. <clears throat> but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. All right. Well, next story. Wow, did some some uh, dirt come out here. But uh, Mickey D talked about how <laughs> there was long laid plans for him to replace James Kotak 
in the Scorpions. They included them taking uh, Mickey D on tour with them, and he would sit somewhere secretly in the arena with, you know, with ear sets and everything so he could get all the songs down in case they decided to go ahead and replace James Kotek. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, James Kotek, you know, he came out and said, uh, wow, he, he was really surprised and off, taken off guard that he got let go. But uh, sounds like it was no spur of the moment thing. They had this shit planned for a minute. And uh, yeah, Mickey D said he loved it and he was he was respectful to James Kotek, but he's like, yeah, that ain't nothing I can't do and do better. <laughs> you of know, course, yeah. I mean, fucking A, it's Mickey D. <laughs> of course he's going to do better. And uh, I, I think he's a great addition to the Scorpions and a much needed shot in the arm for him, too. Oh, you yeah. know, where Mickey D's going to come and bring it, and no matter what song he's playing, he's going to bring that kind of power where, you know, Kotex going to, oh, what Her- Herman the German play? Okay, I'll do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what sucks is the worst drum solo I ever saw was by a drummer I really like, Randy Castillo, on uh, on the No More Tears tour. Yeah, it I was. It was so... He's a good drummer, but it was just such a boring solo and really just sucked the air out of the fucking room. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man. And we were in an outdoor venue. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, drum solos are tricky, man. You, you really gotta, you gotta bring something or you're just fucking, it's time to go get a beer. Yep. And speaking of beer, we got another Michigan story with Jeff Beers. God, what, what a perfect name for a guy from Michigan. Uh, Kid Rock is going all ape shit over Bud Light, uh, partnering with a trans activist, and he released a video uh, where he takes like an AK and just shoots up a bunch of Bud Light. It all pissed off. And the funniest thing is, after this selective outrage, uh, people have been posted online an old picture of him drinking a Bud Light next to a drag queen. Uh. <laughs> so it's kind of like. Well, when did this change come, Kid Rock? Why, why are you so angry? You live in Michigan. Why is Kid Rock so angry, Jeff? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not much of a fan of this Kid Rock. Um, what? Jeff I think, doesn't like something. Um, I think... Oh, um, good. That's a good long, sign. All Summer Long is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, I do not... I don't, I don't know, man. Why is he angry? Um... I, I don't know. It's not very good. Yeah, but Jeff, Jeff, you do not understand the concept of angry. You're a happy dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, he had, like, a beer for a while, and it wasn't very good. Uh, maybe that's why he was mad. I, I don't know. Was it, was it trans? Did he not like trans people? I don't know. I already got pissed because they released a picture of him when he used to think he was in Kid and Play. Oh, <laughs> dude! Did you ever watch that sex tape with him with the Scott Stapp from uh, the Creed dude? No, they had a sex tape? What They, they fuck- had a sex tape! Yeah. They're, they're, fuck- they're fucking each other? Uh, I think there's a girl involved, but... Um, it's a three-way? Um, yeah, they're both like on a couch with a girl, and uh, it, I think like uh, Kid Rock like released a statement, like, I was the real star on that tape, you know? 
But I bring this up. I bring this up to like people that are huge Kid Rock fans, and they deny it. They deny it existing because you know Kid Rock. He leans politically a certain way, and a lot of those people tend to seem like they have like these kind of like morals, right? So they're like, oh, Kid Rock. He, he's a good guy, you know? He wouldn't do anything like sex tapes, you know? And I'm like, I don't know if you know Kid Rock, you know? I know Kid Rock. Yeah, right? I he saw it. He, he, he's hung like a kid. True story. <laughs> um, that might be how he got his name. Well, you know, you know, every time I hear a Kid Rock song, I feel like I'm being fucked. <laughs> well, I gotta say, that was a great story to end it on. Because we did get to see Mr. Positivity, Jeff Beers, uh, say there is somebody he's not too much of a fan of. And this is this was going to be my final question before we got to the uh, the album review. Because you seem so positive and you love everything. I just got to know, what's your stance on Sammy Hagar? Um, yeah, I'm not really a fan. Oh, of yeah. Him. yeah. Um, I love Montrose. I love, I love Ronnie Montrose, but you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I like the cover of Rock Candy more than the Montrose cover or the Montrose version. I like the yeah. I, like, I think better, I like the Bullet better Boys. singer. Yeah, you know, I think I like the Bullet Boys version more. Good answer. Good answer. I like the Bullet Boys too. So does Ralph, right? No, no, actually, Ian. Uh, <laughs> here's a fun fact. I hate the Bullet Boys. Fun fact. But do you have you heard the cover of Rock Candy? No, I have not. No, so I cannot. Uh, judge. But uh, it's on gonna, the Wayne's soundtrack. If you're gonna tell me that it's better than the original, doesn't sound far fetched to me. Even if it's the Bullet Boys. <laughs> now, now, Trust me, it's better. I've said it many times. I, too, am a fan of Montrose. I love that first album. But I feel like Sammy Hagar is a weak link. It would have been much better with another singer. Because that yeah. music kicks ass. Rock the Nation. You know, good stuff. And get a different lyricist so they can get that badass song called Bad Motor Scooter and call it, like, My Badass Motorcycle or something. The fuck's that? Scooter. 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 Kind of fucking <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write a song about a motorcycle and I'm gonna call it Bad Motor Scooter. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Tricked out tricycle. Yeah! <laughs> Alright, well, that is a very lengthy and very fun news segment. But now we gotta go into the album of the week, and Mr. Positivity Jeff Beers picked this one out, and I am curious. To hear why we are reviewing the 1993 soundtrack to the last action hero jeff why'd you pick this one well um it's my favorite album of all time um and it's oh. the very first album i ever saw um i was a very young young kid i might have been three or four and i was a huge fan of this movie i still am and you know, I'd watch the VHS tape, and the beginning of the VHS tape, it would have sort of like a trailer, like a promo for the soundtrack. And it would be like, 
one soundtrack of the summer, you know, with ACDC, Alice in Chains, Megadeth, Queen's Rise, Death Leopard, Anthrax, Tesla, you know, and I'll be like, oh man, I gotta get this soundtrack. And I remember begging my parents, we went to the store, I got it, and I absolutely loved it. And because of this album, I went and bought albums by each one, each one of these bands. I bought an album by ACDC, I bought High Voltage, I bought albums by Megadeth, I bought Peace Cells, I bought Spreading the Disease by Anthrax, I bought Live Bootleg by Aerosmith because of this album. This is the most important album I have ever owned, and it is my favorite album. All right. Okay. Ralph, did you have this when it came out? I, I still have it on CD. I bought it back in the day. I think I bought it because of uh, what the uh, what the hell have I? And I saw that Alice in Chains video and I was like, oh man, and that song is not on Alice in Chains album. So I was already an Alice in Chains fan. So I think I bought it on the strength of that song, but I'll talk about, there's other songs on here I absolutely love that I'll talk about and some that I absolutely don't love. And I'll talk about it as, as well. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's a good soundtrack though. I'm not saying it's bad. It has some great songs on there, and uh, yeah, uh, I, and I don't remember why I bought it, but I, I, I'm thinking it was because of the Alice in Chains song, because I do own it on compact disc. Awesome. Well, I bought this right when it came out as well, and I know there is one song in particular that I'm, oh shit, I had to have that. Uh, and this is one I used to play a lot, driving around but uh not the whole thing and uh we'll get into it as we go through the songs but jeff you are a very special guest why don't you take the first track acdc's big gun oh well uh it's a song it's a song called big gun by acdc and it's a great song it's a great song uh produced by rick rubin um and that's pretty cool it's the last song to feature Chris Slade on drums. Um, I had a cool video with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where uh, have you guys seen the video? That yes. video is godly when Arnold turns into, <laughs> when Arnold turns into Angus is one of the greatest moments in music history. <laughs> it's so cool and the way uh, Arnold like does the little skip. Yeah. And then he does that face where his mouth is open. He's all, he looks like Jeff Beards. He's all smiling like, hey! I love that shit. That shit's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great video. Um, it's a great song. It's a wonderful song. It's fantastic. I love ACDC and I love Big God. Yeah, well. Nice, Ralph. Huh? What do I think of Big Guns? Uh, yeah. This song. Because I was already a little, ugh, I hated Razor's Edge. And then this song came out and I was like, fuck, this is awesome. It is, it blows away anything on Razor's Edge. It's a kick-ass ACDC song. It really is like, you know, it has a little riffage and and it's heavy in, in spots. And I think Brian sounds great on it. And I love how Arnold like walks around and, uh, Malcolm Young checking him out. Like, what's your deal, man? <laughs> that video rules. Like, <laughs> I watched the video today too. 
And just to see, you know, Arnold transform into Angus, he puts on the hat, then all of a sudden he has a, a schoolboy outfit on and he's playing guitar. <laughs> and, you know, Angus doing, uh, you know, he's doing the solo while Angus is doing the solo. And it's like, Arnold is so off key and shit. You know, he, he doesn't know how to play guitar. <laughs> it's just hysterical. And it's a great song. I think it's an awesome ACDC team. Big gun. Awesome team. I love it. All right. Well, this is exactly the reason I bought this. Uh, when I saw the video on Headbangers Ball, I was like, holy shit, they're back. Because I was kind of like, yeah, I didn't hate Razor's Edge as much as you, but I definitely saw like a downgrade. You know, it's like back to back, you know, going from blow up your video and then that. Like, uh, maybe they lost it a little bit. And I heard this. Holy shit, a riff so simple and awesome at the same time. It could only be ACDC. And I will go even farther than probably both of you two. And I will say, this was the best song that ACDC has done since For Those About to Rock. The album, not the song. But I think it's the best song they've done since then. And I don't think they've done a song better than this since. That's how much I love Big Gun. Uh, I just think it's incredible. Uh, And the production, to me... You know, uh, Rick Rubin, I think, was definitely a step up from Bruce Fairburn on uh, on Razor's Edge. But, you know, I kind of don't think he did as good a job on Ball Breaker, even though I do like that album. But still, I, this was the last, like, classic, ultimate, like, ACDC song for me. I absolutely love this fucking track. W- worth alone buying it just to have this, you know, because ACDC doesn't do the greatest hits and shit like that. Buy the soundtrack just for Big Gun. God damn it. It's ACDC. All right, then the next song, What the Hell Have I? God damn, how was this not on Dirt? I have no idea, because this would have been perfect on there. Um, Recorded in the same sessions. uh, Amazing. And Alice in Chains were so huge at this time. Uh, What a one-two punch to open up this album. You know, a lot of times soundtracks and compilations can be a little iffy but man does this come out the fucking gate um what the hell have i this song alone makes pearl jam fans and pearl jam themselves just like piss their flannels this band is so fucking awesome i wish they were from guam and not seattle and not get lumped in with that shit because this is a fucking metal band uh a very unique band that had a totally you know, while you could hear inspiration from Sabbath and stuff like that, they had their own thing going on. The the vocals back and forth between Lane and Jerry. Uh, killer. And this is not a throwaway track. Um, a lot of times you see that on soundtracks. You know, you can see like, okay, I see why they didn't put that on them. This, I have no fucking clue why this wasn't on Dirt. Um, I do know this track and the other track on this album... Uh, they weren't produced by um, uh, Toby Wright, who did the album. He was he was already gone. Uh, he had to work on another album, and Andy Wallace did the mix on uh, the production and the mix on both these tracks. And Jerry Cantrell said later in the uh, Allison Chains box set that he always regretted that Toby Wright wasn't part of that because he thought these songs sounded a little bit too tenny and and didn't get them the same way that Toby got them. But uh, then again, though, looking back, though, I think Dave Jordan did dirt anyway. 
but maybe Toby Wright was the mixer on that because I know Toby Wright produced, you know, the the Three Legged Dog album. But anyway, uh, awesome, awesome fucking track. Alice in Chains kicks ass. What the hell have I rules? What do you think, Ralph? Oh yeah, this is actually one of my favorite Alice in Chains songs, <clears throat> and I'm almost positive I bought this soundtrack because of that song. Um, it's great. It's it's pure. It's pure Alice in Chains. It's dark. It has that killer. I mean, they were so original. The thing about Alice in Chains that that harmony they would sing during the, like the dark heaviness, uh, almost depressing, you know, music and. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's one of their best songs. And yes, it should have been on Dirt. It should have been on one of their releases. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. I love it. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I think this song is great, man. I love this song. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I think it's better than Dirt. Um, um, I think I, I don't know. It's the Alice in Chains I like, because I do like Alice in Chains. But I like it when Alice in Chains gets heavy, you know? I like it when they get, like, like face, like facelift, you know? I like it when they get heavy, you know? And uh, they get heavy on this song, man. This is a great song. And I like the video. The video is pretty cool. And uh, Lane, he looks as cool as he ever has in that video. He looks so cool. Everybody looks cool in that video. It's a cool, it's a cool song, man. It's great. It's one of the best. Might be the best Alice in Chains song, or at least in the top five. Oh yeah, it's definitely in my top five. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Jeff, what do you think about the next track, Megadeth Angry Again? Well, I think this song is rad, man. Megadeth is super rad. Um, this song is rad, man. I like this song. Um, I think Dave sounds great on it. This is probably the best. Dave has sounded vocally, I think. Um, I know a lot of people kind of don't really care much for Dave's vocals, but on this song, he sounds really good. Um, sometimes they play it live, which is pretty cool. And when they play it live, they'll mention the last Action Hero soundtrack, which is my favorite album. And it also got a video, and the video is pretty cool. They like playing the song, they got like smoke, they play it in the movie too. Um, yeah, it's great, man. I give it a two thumbs up, man. Right on. What do you think, Ian? Oh, I fucking love it. Uh, this is a killer mid-tempo track. You know, this is Megadeth and their, yeah, we can do the Black Album 2 kind of phase. But they were doing really good. I mean, especially on soundtracks. I mean, fuck, you had, you know, Angry Again on this one. 99 Ways to Die on the Beavis and Butthead. That was incredible. Uh, they had Diamonds and uh, that was in uh, Demon Knight. I mean, they were just just shitting out killer stuff. It's, you know, it's a slower tempo Metallica, but it was really good, you know. It, before, in my opinion, everything went to shit with cryptic writings. But, uh, no, great, great fucking track. And yeah, they do play it sometimes live. I think it should always be played live. I'd much rather hear this than goddamn She-Wolf. How many times do I have to say that? Better song than She-Wolf. Love me some angry again. What do you think, Rob? Not really a fan. What? Uh, yeah, it reminds me of Trust from Cryptic Writing. That's why I'm shocked you like it. Ooh. 
It, it, I don't know. And what you're talking about, 99 Ways to Die, did that song fucking rule. And also, Go to Hell from Bill and Ted. I love yeah. that. Now, I'm not going to go as far to say I hate this song, because I don't. I don't hate this song. But for me, it's just, like you said, like them chasing the Black Album. And But I, I do, I am aware it's very loved. You know, a lot of people love this one. I, I, I prefer all the other soundtrack, soundtrack songs I've heard from Megadeth. Don't hate it, but eh, it's just whatever to me. What's the next song? Real World by Queensryche. I love this song. Oh! Love it. Epic. Fucking, this to me is like the, the last gasp of Queensryche with Chris DeGarmo. Beautiful song, and it gets a little eclectically heavy at the end. Love Real World a lot. Fucking awesome. Love it. Ian? Oh, my God. Uh, this is fucking dreadful. This is the kind of song that can ruin your whole fucking day. In fact, I think John Regan listened to this album today and died. Oh. That's how, that's how bad this song is. And, you know, when people hate on Queensryche, you know, like Eric RMCP, you know, and people who can't, you know, so sick of silent lucidity, shit like this does not help their fucking cause. I think it's terrible. And here you have... The first instance, which happens again throughout this album, <coughs> of Michael Kamen putting his shitty fucking hands into a song. Now, Michael Kamen has done some decent uh, themes, you know, scores to movies and stuff. He did the score to this. But every time he stuck, he got in with a rock band, I fucking hated it. I hate orchestra fucking bullshit. I, I particularly hate it when it's mixed with fucking metal. I don't care if it's fucking Deep Purple, fucking Kiss, Metallica, whatever. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I like some Wagner too, but I don't want to hear it mixed with fucking Slayer. It, uh, uh, I fucking hate it so bad. I This is a such a horrible fucking song and it reminds me of like half of the you know that promised land shit you know and and i i think pretentious shit like this killed fucking uh, rock just as much as the fucking hair metal because to me this is like oh hey we had a hit with silent lucidity you know let's do something more Let, let's show how avant-garde we are and, and rolling stone will like us and shit it's so desperate and so pretentious to be another silent lucidity this <clears throat> i spit on this fucking song Fucking horrible. What do you think, Jeff? Jeff can't possibly think that. No, I think this is one gnarly song, man. Um, <laughs> gnarly, man. I love me some trains, right? Uh, well, a lot of these bands on this soundtrack are kind of like the first times I've ever heard these bands at uh, Queens, right? This is the first song I heard by Queens, right? Um, and I think it's pretty cool. It has like a orc, you know, that orchestra thing by Michael Kamen. Who did the score to The Last Boy Scout, which is another cool movie. Um, I love that I, movie. Yeah, and on, uh, I think uh, they play it live sometimes. There's a video online where they play it with Dream Theater, which is cool. I mean, if you like Dream Theater. Um, I guess uh, Geoff Tate, he's been playing it live. And hopefully I'll go see him and hopefully he'll play it live because I love this song. Yeah, it's an awesome uh. tune. Cayman also made uh, 
The Wall the greatest album ever, in my opinion. And he did the Highlander, too, man. Highlander? That's a cool movie. Oh, yeah? Well, what, did he, what, did he what, play on those Kingman? Did Cayman play on those Queen songs? Is it Highlander that he did? Or dude, I... maybe he did play on the Queen stuff. Yeah, because it was orchestra. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I never even thought of that, man. <laughs> I gotta look. Was 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 Cayman was Cayman involved with the Wall album though, or just the movie? No, the 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 album that that comfortably numb all that orchestra orchestration is Michael Cayman and Bob Ezrin. Okay. All right. Well, he did one good one. Yeah, it's amazing. It's my favorite album of all time. I can never okay. get enough of the wall. That album just slays my soul. It's the greatest album ever, in my opinion. Well, I love the wall. He should have stopped there. Uh-huh. All right, Jeff. What do you think of uh, Death Leopard's Two Steps Behind? I love me some Death Leopard, man. And uh, this song is a, a slower number. Uh, Two steps behind. It's a, it's a, it's a quiet, it's a quiet number. Michael Kamen does some scoring stuff in there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind. I like it. I like this song. I think I, I do like it. I, I like it. It's an acoustic number, and it's sappy, and I like it. Um, they play it live, and I'm always happy when they play it live because I'm like. This song was on the last Action Hero soundtrack, and that's my favorite album, and they're playing a song from it, and and I'm happy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you think, Ian? All right, Rob. Okay, I'll go with this. Uh, what a piece of fucking shit this song is. This is what killed Steve Clark. Hear the demo of this shit. Uh, this is also what gave uh, Mark Allen Taylor AIDS was admitting me like this online. Uh, absolutely fucking horrible. Uh, just when you, you think Death Leopard couldn't get any worse, you know, after Hysteria, you know, was the Adrenalize area, which I think could be the worst they ever did. Just fucking dreadful. Oh, I, I fucking hate this song. I don't, I don't, I can't believe Jeff even likes it. Fucking terrible. Uh, what do you think? I, I gotta disagree with you, Ian. Oh! Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted and let's cut the deck. This song sucks, all right? It sucks. But I'll put it above all those stupid hysteria songs and adrenalize. But it still sucks. But I think it's better than those songs. But see, hysteria and adrenalize suck so hard that to make it better, you, you can still suck and make it better. And I think this song sucks but it's better than Hysteria and Adrenaline. That's what I think. What's the next song? Anthrax. Oh, Poison My Eyes. Love it. Hate the beginning. Can't stand the beginning. But when it starts cooking, after you're done with that stupid special effects in the beginning, oh my God, what an epic, epic, awesome Anthrax song. After the dumb beginning. Love it. Heavy, killer, John Bush belting it out. I love Poison My Eyes. Just wish the intro wasn't there. That's all I don't like about it. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I think this um, the song is rad, man. Anthrax, Anthrax rules. And this is the first 
Anthrax I've ever heard. Um, and I thought it was great. I have no idea what they're singing about. Um, I think there's it's because of, you know it's so fast and I don't know what he's saying, but I know it's awesome. This song this song is about Bud Light. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's probably uh, it doesn't sound like anything off Sound of White Noise. Um, it's probably the most that Anthrax and John Bush has ever sounded like close to like Armored Saint. It does sound sound kind of Armored Sainty. Um, I think it's great, man. I don't even know what poison my eyes means. Like, does it mean like, you know, you get poison in your eyes? Um, I don't even, it, this is great, man. It's super cool. Super, super awesome, man. Super awesome song. Poison, poison my eyes. <laughs> poison my eyes is when you go see Sammy Hagar live. All right, man. Yeah. There you go. It's about Sammy Hagar and Bud Light. That's what this song's about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. What is okay? First of all, love this fucking song. I even love the beginning of it that Ralph hates. What Poison My Eyes is about is about it's a young man who was masturbating for a year to the cover of the first Poison album, and then he found out they were dudes, and and, and got conflicted. Oh, uh, they wrote a song about me? <laughs> yeah, it's all about you, Ralph. Everything is about you. Uh, yeah, I love this one. Um, I can kind of see why it was left off of Sound of White Noise, but I don't think necessarily, you know, definitely not because it sucks, but there is a, something a little bit different to it. Uh, it would have been an incredible fucking B-side, but, you know, they chose to put it on here. I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Uh, man, as much as I'm glad that Belladonna's back and he should be the singer of Anthrax, I still love and stand by the John Bush era. Uh, you know, yeah, Volume 8 kind of sucked, but I love Sound of White Noise, Stomp 442, We Come For You All. Love all that shit, and they always brought it live. Uh, don't think... I don't know if they ever played this live. I know I never saw him play it live, and I saw him shit ton of John Bush. But uh, I would love to hear this one. Absolutely love it. I'll take the next track. The horrible, why in the fuck is it on here? 10th anniversary fucking uh, MTV version of Dream On. Oh my God, does this suck. This sucks. I mean, yeah, the song's played out, but I still love the song. I have nothing against Dream On, but this is, you know, again, you add that Michael Kamen fucking bullshit, and, you know, I, I don't hear any Aerosmith. I just hear Steven Tyler and fucking, you know, Xanthir, Master of the Pan Flute. No balls, totally soulless version of this classic song. Why is it on here? This is the real, like, head-scratcher. I mean, there's much shittier songs on here, but, like, Why? Why in the fuck is this on here other than, you know, hey, they're on our record label. You know, we're putting this out. You know, that's the only thing I could think of. Definitely a throwaway and not a great version. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I have to agree with you. I, I, I listened to it today. And I'm like, yeah, all these bells and whistles all over this song. I like the stripped down version on the first album and how they play it live. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a fan of all the bells and whistles on this song. 
What are you thinking, Jeff? Oh, man, I love this song. Love me some Aerosmith. <laughs> and I love me some bells and whistles, man. This song rad. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, we got to make Jeff Beers a fucking regular on here. Well, yeah, you know, and the, the other thing is the only person I think even comes close to his positivity and happiness is Greg Barnes, another Michigan boy. What is, is it, the lead that's in your water that makes you so fucking happy? Um, what the maybe. fuck is it, man? You guys, I, I, um, I, I, I love it, here. though. Okay, well, that could explain it, but uh, I, I love what you're adding to the show, man. You're a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely we're going to have you back. For, yeah, for you're, you're, like you're infectious, dude. Yeah, I, the thing is though, in my mind, I'm thinking we have to pick the worst album ever and have you on here to try to even it out. Yeah, yeah, so you can like on it. I mean, that would have to be like a Kid Rock album or. Uh, oh, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing no more album reviews after these donations, man. We're just gonna have them on to talk the news and shit. <laughs> there you go. I'm up for that. At least a long break. All right. Well, uh, have, have Jeff on when Ozzy dies, because he'll bring oh, positivity to it. Yeah, I mean, that, would, that would be a sad day. I mean, I love me, love, love some Ozzy, man. Yeah, I do too, man. It'll be very sad. That's why I need you to cheer me up. Oh, yeah, Jeff, be like, hey, I mean, man, at least he doesn't put out love potion number ten. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here to cheer us up, buddy. Uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, maybe. I, I'll, I'll, I'll try, <laughs> I would try my best. All right. <laughs> What's next, Ian? Uh, the next, Allison Chain returns once again, this time with a little bitter. Jeff, what do you think of this one? Well, it's Allison Chains and Allison Chains is rad, and I think this is the rad song, man. It's not as rad as the last Allison Chains song. But it is pretty rad, and it's radder than most songs by other bands. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's 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 great, man. It's great. Awesome, Ralph. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a good heavy track. Yeah, I like uh, what the hell about it more. But I could see this also fitting on Dirt nicely, wedged in there like a heavier track. Pretty heavy, sporadic. I dig it. I think it's a good tune. What do you think, Ian? Well, I, I think we all kind of agree. It's it's nowhere near as good as What the Hell Have I. Um, there's nothing offensive. This one, though, I could see being left off dirt and being a B-side. Uh, but again, I mean, you know, average Alice in Change is so much better than most bands' best shit. So nothing offensive here. And I'll take the next one, yo. Cypress Hill with Cock the Hammer. Oh, man. I miss when rap sounded like this. You know, even when, you know, back then I, I wasn't like the hugest rap fan. I liked a little bit here and there, you know, like my iced tea. But at least back then, it was rap for men's, you know? You know, it was men talking about some men shit, some guns, some weed, some pussy and shit, man. This pussy ass rap that comes out now. God damn it. It's fucking Travis Scott, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, the Moogoos or Migos or whatever the fuck they're called. It's fucking horrible fucking pop music. Doesn't have any balls. 
I love me some cock the hammer. Get paranoid when I hear the clock clicking. <laughs> love this shit, man. Cypher so kicks ass. I love this track. What do you think, Ralph? I hate it. I don't like shit with this. I just don't, man. I'm an old dude. I can't. I cannot relate to this. <laughs> Listening to today, I was like, God. And I do like some rap. I, you know, I think NWA and uh, Ice T. You know, I even like some of that old LL Cool J stuff. Like, I can't live without my radio and shit like that. See, I can get into that, but this is just too. I don't know. I know, insane in the membrane. They have other songs, kind of. Like, it all sounds kind of. I don't know. It's just too much shit going on. It doesn't sound real to me. It doesn't sound like a band. And I, I like I like musicians. And these are just guys rapping and smoking weed. And, yeah, but it does have. <laughs> but again, this is like rap music is disposable. I mean, where's Cypress Hills now? Well, I mean, what rap artist is, has been around for decades? Other, I know there's exceptions, but I would say maybe Eminem. Who else? Jay Z, maybe Kanye West. Yeah, but but they put out albums now and they don't even sell. Eminem puts out new shit and it don't sell shit. But they're still around. They're still rebels. I mean, yeah. when does Cypress Hill release anything? You know I mean, but you know, I'm talking about rap artists I love too back then. You know, they, 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 it was it was just a disposable disposable genre back then. Anybody that was big around the Cypress Hill times. They had a very short shelf life in the in the industry, and uh, I'm not bashing it because of that. Because there's stuff I like that of rap that you know didn't you know didn't survive either. But yeah, it's just not my thing, and, and I'm very perplexed if Jeff Beers likes this, and I have a feeling he does. What's up, Jeff? Oh well, I do love this. I love Cot <laughs> the Hammer. <laughs> Um, and um, I, I could actually answer your questions. Um, they actually do still play, and they do come out with albums. I went and seen them last year. Um, open for Slipknot, actually. They opened for Slipknot, and um, I went, and I was actually, I like Cypress Hill. I think they're pretty cool. They're pretty rad. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I wonder how the crowd is going to react to Cypress Hill. Maybe they'll hate them, you know, rap group opening for like a metal band. And actually, everybody who, who raps, everybody <laughs> loved it. Everybody was so happy. Everybody was singing along to the song. Um, they did not play this song. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I like to do some Cypress Hill, man. I think they're pretty cool. I think this song's pretty cool. Right on. What's the next song? Here? Right on. Swim by Fishbone. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Right, let's go ahead and take it. They're painful. Painfully bad. What the hell's going on in this song? I mean, just a bunch of yelling and <laughs> crazy noises. It's not even music to me. I don't hear anything musically about this. And, uh, yeah, Fishbone is a very well-respected ba band to Trendoids. So fuck, 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 not only fuck Fishbone, but fuck all their fans <laughs> except for the <laughs> people. <laughs> That's what I think. Jeff, what do you think of Swim? Well, um, I think this is a great song, man. I like this song. It has a heavy riff. Um, 
It doesn't sound like any other Fishbone songs. If you listen to the other ones, it's really more funky. Um, it doesn't sound like this song at all. Um, I actually seen Fishbone at a music festival here in Motor City. It's like the weirdest music festival you'll probably ever hear about. A music festival with Fishbone, Dead Kennedys, Linda Carl, Ace Freely, Molly Hatchet, and the Bullet Boys. Wow. Yeah, um, and uh, they did not play this song, uh, but they have played it, and they uh, there was a lot of smoke coming from their backstage area. There was a lot of a lot of marijuana. Um, I did not say anything to them because I was kind of scared, because um, I probably would say something stupid like, "Hey man, I like that song off the last Action Hero." soundtrack and <laughs> looked at me like I was an idiot and so I I just kind of stood there and stared and I uh, kind of walked away yeah well I gotta say uh, I am a, a fishbone fan uh, I've seen him met him uh, and yeah this is a very different song for them uh, not a big fan of this in fact I think listening to this album, you know, get ready for the review was probably the only time I made it all the way through it. Uh, and the funny thing, what kept sticking in my head, <laughs> both I think I listened to this two or three times, was Ralph. Every time I was like, "Oh, this is gonna drive Ralph fucking nuts." Yeah, I knew there's there's gonna be some other songs that would like get you know, but actually, I, I thought like Real World. I thought he was gonna hate that too, but. uh yeah, every time this came out, I just started laughing. Oh, Ralph's probably cussing in Spanish right now. <laughs> well, I only cussed in Spanish once, because I didn't go back and listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, would you say this is probably your least favorite song, or in the top three least favorite? Me? I think this is even worse than Def Leppard's song. Wow. I, I kind of I felt that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll take the next one, uh, if you could call it a title track, but uh, the the title of the movie, Last Action Hero, and Tesla. And uh, I don't know. There's something something missing to me on this one. And I love Tesla, and, you know, particularly this time, uh, you know, love the first three albums. This is right after, I think... Um, what was the one? Uh, Psycho, whatever, whatever. The third Psychic one. Psychotic Supper, right? Yeah, Psychotic Supper. Yeah. Uh, was, was a fan of that album. Uh, but this one just uh, doesn't do it for me. I think the chorus I don't really care for. A little too willow, kind of. I don't know. I, I just think they had a big chance here to do something, and it was a swing and a miss. I don't hate it. But uh, I don't think it succeeded either. Especially if you're going to have, you know, the title track of the movie. You got to fucking bring it, you know. And then, you know, shit, you should call this movie Big Gun. You know what I mean? That's a song that brings it. What the hell have I brings it? You know, there's some other songs in here I think bring it. And this one is just like a, not horrible, but, you know, I don't think you're, you're ever going to see a Tesla concert where they play Last Action Hero. Unless Jeff Beers saw it, and I'm wrong. What do you think, Jeff? Well, um, they actually have played it live. Um, uh, like, Holy uh, shit. In 2000, no, 2009, they played it live. Um, I was not there. I wish I was. 
Um, but I do love this song. I love Tesla. I think they're great. Um, in the movie, Last Action Hero, um, the character that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays, Jack Slater, in his movies, um, they're called, like, you know, Jack Slater. But there's, like, a part where he's, like, watching, like, the credits, and it's this song, but with alternate lyrics saying, Here Comes the Slater, instead of Last Action Hero. And I'm curious if there is a, like, a demo of this that's called Jack Slater. And if I ever meet Tesla, um, I gotta ask. I'm gonna ask them about that. And they'll probably look at me like I'm crazy and not know what I'm talking about. And it'll probably be real awkward. But I do love this song. I think it's great. Um, I think this song is awesome. But I hate the chorus. The chorus, I think it would be better called Jack Slater, actually. Um, I don't like it. I don't like when it says Last Action Hero in the song. But everything that surrounds that, it's like really cool. It's just, the chorus ruins it for me. But I think the rest of the song is really good. I thought it was a good rocket tune. So there you go. That's what I think of Last Action Hero. Now, the final song is like a Michael Kamen thing with Buckethead, right? Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, this one, forget it. Don't like it at all. And I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge Buckethead fan. And even his playing, which comes up at the end, it was very kind of goofy, though, what you would expect from Buckethead, but it's not full Buckethead yet. It's so, I don't know, I, think, I don't think Buckethead found his feet yet, so... He was trying to be a little avant-garde-ish in a way, but it just didn't work. And I thought the Michael Kamen instrumental, like through the beginning, to throughout, was just boring to me. I didn't like it. I didn't like this last song. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Uh, yeah, even Buckethead couldn't save this one. Uh, just boring. I mean, and if you're gonna include you know, music from the score on the soundtrack that's got a bunch of rocking songs. I think you got to bring it. You got to have something special that stands out, you know. Uh, and this doesn't do it. Not a fan. Not a fan. But Jeff, sprinkle some positivity on this shit. Well, I think it's awesome, man. I love it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, you guys got to think. It's a, it is a score for a movie. So it's not necessarily a song, but uh, something that's going to complement the movie. So like in the movie, like when he's driving the car, you know, like the part that's going to be playing or, you know, when he's like sliding down the thing with like the gun and he's like going to shoot the bad guys. Some of those guitar noises. I mean, that's really what it's meant for. But I think it's great, man. It has some really cool parts like the down. And it's like, you know, this is good stuff, man. I love it. This is great. Um, it's also in um, the movie, that remake of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. Um, it's in that movie, too. Um, but yeah, man, Buckethead, uh, Buckethead's cool. Michael Kamen's cool. The song's cool. Is there anybody uh, cool, Jeff? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Gary Glitter. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I love Gary Glitter. 
I do have um, a single uh, that's uh, I'm uh, leader of the band with uh, Green Jelly and Paul Hogan. They performed the Gary <laughs> Glitter song. Uh, you know, you know my... Do you want to be in my gang? That's what it is. Do you want to be in my gang? They cover that song. I have that. I got that single. You know, you know what's funny is Green Jello. Green Jelly still tours, and when they come to Florida, my drummer is their drummer. Where they play, they play with local musicians. I think it's just one guy left, and he goes everywhere and he gets local musicians to play with him. And my drummer plays for Green Jelly every time they come to Florida. So he'll go to Tampa and <laughs> it's a weird little thing going on there. Green yeah, Jelly. they they play uh, Michigan. Uh, quite a bit. They're playing Michigan uh, this year in the, the Michigan Metal Fest. They're headlining. Oh, wow. Oh, headlining. <laughs> With uh, Head P.E. Head P.E. and Green Jelly. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, well, 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 headlining over Head P.E. is not a big feat. <laughs> not as impressive. All right, well, that is our review of The Last Action Hero soundtrack. This was released June 8th, 1993, and it did go platinum. And uh, the United States and in Canada, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, Canucks like this shit, too. Yeah. But I got to the best thing about this album is how much it means to you, Jeff. Uh... I think it's a very cool and inspirational story about how much this meant to you at a young age and it made you go out and check all these other bands out. And that alone, is, it, like I like it more now. <laughs> Just because I know how happy it made your happy ass. Yeah, it's uh, the, I, the best way to get in the music, man, you know, you get a compilation album and you listen to the bands and you check out the bands that you like, man. You're right, man. I got this compilation album in the early 80s called Metal Hammer that turned me on to it. had Anthrax, Metal Thrash, and Mad. It had Mind Over Metal from Raven, uh, Satan, No Turning Back. All these killer bands that are on that compilation album that I went out and bought every band that was on that album. Even the extremely obscure Thunder... Oh my God, what's the name? God, why am I fucking having a brain fart? Thunder, Thunderfire. Oh my God. I found that album online for real cheap. But it's, you want to talk about obscure, but Thunderfire, think of Motorhead, but a little more, I don't know, a little more anthemic. It's like an anthemic Motorhead. But Metal Hammer, yeah. That, yeah what else was on there? Evil, TT uh, Quick, not TT Quick, uh, Tigers of Pang Tang, If Heaven Was Hell. That's the greatest compilation album ever. But I'm starting to think maybe because I'm an angry dude. So I should keep listening to Black Action Hero. And maybe I'll become happy and realize that's the best soundtrack ever. It sure works for Jeff. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's impossible now for me to listen to any song off this album without thinking of Jeff. And yeah. that will make me smile. Yeah. Uh, you'll you know, smile even through that crappy Def Leppard song. You'll smile. I would. I would. I would laugh. I'd be like, Jeff likes this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did perform it with uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, that that must yeah. have been awesome. Uh, you got the DVD <laughs> at, at, at the CMT Awards. <laughs> uh, no, they did like a DVD, and it's like just Def Leppard with Taylor Swift. 
Um, and they perform like a bunch of songs. Oh, oh my no God. one Taylor Swift joins you. It's nothing but awesome. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, know. I, I, th I think that was a that was a DVD that they sold exclusively at JC Penney's. I bought it like super cheap. I went to like a bookstore and they had like uh, 20 DVDs for 10 bucks. And it was kind of like you had to get 20 DVDs. Uh, and they had some good stuff. They had like Deep Purple Live, a lot of like that Eagle Rock stuff. DVDs. Yeah. So they had like a lot of good stuff. So I ended up having to get it. You know, you know, it. you know, Jeff, it sucks that you're so young because if you were older, I would love to know your opinion on Adam Walsh. <laughs> you're too young to know about oh. But I would love to know your opinion on Adam Walsh if you ever knew that story. You don't know who Adam Walsh is, right? Yeah. Uh, no, man, I don't. Unfortunately. Uh Okay, well, that's your homework. That's your homework, because you <laughs> yeah. will be back. Up, so so your wonder, homework, yeah. do some research on Adam Walsh, and we want you to put us a positive spin on the story, Yeah, as only you could. <laughs> only you can do that, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, is your last name really Beers? It is Beers, it is. Wow. Yeah. Ain't that cool? You co I mean, you... Ian, you got ripped off. You need you. You're the one that deserves Jeff's name, not not Jeff. Jeff, from now on, can we just call you Jeff Wadley, and we'll call Ian Ian Beers? Uh, um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, All right. I guess so. Right on, Jeff Wadzilla. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not, man? Well, now I am very. Very curious because it is time for pick of the week, and Jeff, you are our special guest. I can only imagine. Actually, I can't imagine. What is your pick of the week for our listeners? Well, it's this CD called Back to Back Hits, featuring Vixen and Helix. <laughs> if you ever yeah. like in your car and you're like, you know, hey man, I don't got enough room for some CDs, and you want your Vixen and your Helix. You can get this CD and you can get both bands. It has five songs by each band. One of the songs is a live recording of I Want You to Rock Me, recorded live, I think, when they're opening for the Scorpions because Vixen is like, oh, you know, you guys got to get louder. I want the Scorpions in the back to hear you. Um, it also has uh, Deep Cuts the Knife by Helix, which is a pretty cool song. I like that. Has heavy metal love, rock you, a lot of a lot of cool Helix songs, and it has Edge of a Broken Heart, Crying, um, you know, pretty much all the Vixen you need. So Vixen and Helix, back to back hits. Right, uh, <laughs> that's cool. You know, I was only kind of kidding that I had no idea what you were pick, but goddamn, was I right? Yeah. Holy fuck, back to back hits. Where did you purchase said album at? Um, I got it online. Um, I started collecting these. Uh, they got I don't know what it was. They got these like collections where they have like two bands and it'll, it'll be like ten songs. They just fit like two bands. Usually it's just the most random bands. Like I got one with Great White and April Wine. Um, <laughs> uh, I got Accept and Quiet Riot. 
which I mean that's pretty cool. Uh, Mountain and Ted Nugent, L.A. Guns and Cinderella, Scorpions and White Snake, but they just it's like a budget compilation, but it's like a budget budget compilation because you only have to buy the one disc. Right on, that is awesome. You know, Ralph, do you have? It, yeah, yeah, it's coincidental with my pick of the week. Uh, I got this album it's called Crack by Crack, and it's half Shark Island <laughs> and, and and half and half Honeymoon Sweet. Oh, dude, I got one. I got one with Honeymoon Sweet, and it comes with X. <laughs> so if you love Honeymoon Sweet and you love kicks, well, dude, this album for you, man. Honeymoon Sweet and kicks. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. I don't have a pick of the week. I have to think about it. Go for it, Ian. All right. Sing my song. It's the only time you can say Ian before Ralph. Pick of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, man, you almost made me change your mind because I have a back-to-back that has Babylon AD and the Bengals. <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm going to stick with uh, my original second choice. I, I had another soundtrack pick, but uh, with the passing of John Regan, I wanted to pick an album that uh, featured the great John Regan. And I'm going to go down a lot. In fact, I got shit on earlier in this episode, and that is Ace Frehley's second sighting. Um, I think it has the best song that Ace ever did after Kiss, Insane, which of course he didn't write. Uh, great fucking song, but I am, I also, I'm not a Todd Hard, Hardworth or whatever the fuck you say his name, I'm not a hater of his. I love It's Over Now and uh, Time Ain't Running Out. I think great power pop kind of songs. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's not as good as, you know, the first Fraley's Comet. Well, I don't think the first Fraley's Comet's that good. You know, I, I like, you know, the singles. I think there's a lot of crap on there, like fucking dolls and shit like that. So I don't, I don't think it's as great as what everybody says. Uh, I think they're they're about what what, but I actually like Second Sighting better. Uh, it's a good one, and it's got John Regan on it, man. The great John Regan, very nice guy. And I'll recommend all you Kiss nerds out there. I know you already got it, but uh, give it another spin. Ace Frehley, Frehley's comment, Second Sighting. All right, I'm going to stay on the John Reagan chip. And by the way, everybody, don't listen to me. Go check out Freddy's comments way better. Uh, my, my, uh, the only bad song on there is Dolls. Everything else rules. My pick of the week is what I mentioned earlier. The album he did with Peter Frampton, Breaking All the Rules. Great guitar-oriented, rocking album. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he already did Sgt. Peppers and all that shit, so his, uh, his, his, um, career was on the skids. Early 80s album, I don't know, I think it's 80, 81, and it rocks. It's a great rock and roll album, and, uh, I love it, and John Reagan here and there, man, played with Peter Frampton. Frampton didn't believe, uh, didn't forget John Reagan. You know, he would go, uh, he, he was part of his I don't know if he was part of this touring band, but I saw a lot of pictures of John Reagan on stage with Peter Frantham now, you know? 
So nice. they remain friends, you know. So he's jammed with Peter Frampton here and there. That's a rocking album. And I've had a couple quick conversations with John about that album, like when I met him. You know, I, I, I we talked about, uh, he was telling me how proud he was of that album. And yeah, it's unfortunate it didn't hit big, but it's a great, great album. I absolutely love it. Peter Frantham, Breaking All the Rules, is my pick of the week. All right. Well, I will definitely check that out. I have it, but I haven't listened to it yet. I've been kind of having a second win with Frampton. Like, for years, I couldn't listen to him because of classic rock radio. But then I went back and listened to Frampton Comes Alive. I'm just like, ah, fucking love that shit. Other than uh, Baby, I Love Your Way. I still that fucking song. But I will definitely check it out. Along with uh, Vixen and Helix. Two bands I love. Uh, all right. Well, now it's time to go in Fan of the Week. And, man, I, I got to tell you, Jeff, I, I had no idea what to expect with you. Uh, you know, we haven't talked before. I, I see you online, not as much as some other people. And it's always interesting to see what people are going to be like when they're on the show. But, God damn, you are just so entertaining. Your, your enthusiasm is infectious and you will definitely definitely be back on this show how did you find the show and uh um, you know what what do you love about it uh well uh i know you know dr frog he says some stuff about some kiss you know and i like this and i think he said check out the podcast on one of his videos and I'm like oh you know check out the podcast it's good Right on, dude. <laughs> I mean, you talk about some albums. Awesome. Man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you talk about rock, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so, sometimes something so great is just so simple, and you really simplified it. <laughs> yeah. And I thank you, brother. Man, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, Ralph, there's a part where you got cut out, and me and Jeff were just talking. And he explained to me that the reason he was so late on this donation is because once he discovered the show, he went back and listened to all the old episodes, so he wasn't up to date. Uh, and by the time he found out about the donations, it was long past. But th- uh, this guy's a trooper, went back and listened to everything. So, man, that's, that's fucking amazing. And we're so happy to have you on the show, brother. Yeah, man. And, and also, thank you for checking out my YouTube shows. Yeah, I, I uh, did the donated the video for um, Detroit Rock City versus the Days and Confused soundtrack. That, you, uh, oh, you 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 donated for that? Yeah, it was me. Oh, awesome, dude! <laughs> did I say Jeff Beers on that video? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe it was uh-huh. good. <laughs> under Jeff Beers. I uh, don't remember. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was last year. It might have been. Okay, last yeah, because recently somebody asked me to do. Oh yeah, I I got a donation from Days and Confused soundtrack, uh, disc one versus disc two. Oh, right, uh, right. That was recently. So yeah, I don't don't remember the Detroit Rock City one, but then again, I'm old Jeff and I get a lot of donations. <laughs> I gotta go check that one out now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go back and look at that now. I got to see it. But thank you, Jeff, man. It really, it was a pleasure having you out here, and you're more than welcome 
to come back on the show yeah. for free. Yeah. For yeah. free. Seriously, you're, you're, you're fun. You're fun. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I would love to be on. Yeah, we got yeah, it. Back on. We, 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 it's just a matter of finding the right episode for you, but we're going to do it, and we're going to have you back. And um, we thank you so much, brother. Maybe this uh, back-to-back hits of uh, Helix and Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You might be onto something there. <laughs> as long as All I right. can do, as long as I can do my Shark Island honeymoon suite as well. <laughs> we, we, the, or the honeymoon suite uh, kicks. Yeah. Back to back kicks. Yeah. Anger happens. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, come back next week. Or it could be even a couple days after this episode. We're recording again tomorrow, doing another fan paid episode with some special guests. Find out about that after you listen to this one. And come back next week for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.